1: It's a d with Will, fill and Reg, trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads. It's a we're here to fill the void. Three black fans, different perspective, gotta fill your voice. Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between, yeah it's all that. And we're down with Fightful Better Fallback, coming for respect. We connect like a fallback. no need to double check, these are all facts. You're listening to us talk raps, you're listening to us talk raps, Will, Phil and Ridge. yeah we're grapsody here to talk raps. yeah we're grapsody here to talk raps
4: connecting like a ball bat no need to double check because these are all facts mm-hmm. right here on grapsody welcome to grapsody it is saturday it is december 3rd happy december december Yes, this is our first show of December. Hey, we're wrapping up the year. It's it's a uh, first full year of Grapsity. We will have wrapped up our first full calendar year wow. uh, as we're about to make our way out of December, but or out of the year. But until then, got a little bit more to go. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Grapsity. I'm Will Washington, and I'm not alone here. Philip Lindsay's also here.
2: I'm here, man. This is how we do it. Uh, happy birthday to one Montel Jordan. Yes. Um, Come on, man! That's it's not a what legend, I would have thought about. <laughs> a legend at wedding re- receptions everywhere. Oh my uh, god! That's a, <laughs> uh, it doesn't
1: matter what. It, it doesn't have to be a black wedding, a white wedding. If it's a wedding, fam, you to get I don't it. care. How oh, we do I don't care where
2: you play. Guy. This is how we do it. Mm-hmm. People are going to get into it. Yeah. Uh, man, w- for whatever reason, white people love this is how we do it. It's the jam.
4: But it's let a, me tell you, it's a jam. Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, you, you know our friend T. Uh, T is a wedding DJ. Uh, one of my favorite stories is that T, uh, you know, he has all his music classified, and uh, he's really good at it. You know, he, he, his DJ business, shout out T, it, it does really well. Um, it has, he's been doing it 10 years, and it's been a great thing for him. He has a folder titled Black Music for White People and um <laughs> <laughs> and this is how we do it is like the jam. Yeah, yeah, number 1. <laughs> that's like the number 1. It's between
1: this how we do it and return of the mac cuz return of the mac yes. is crazy. Yeah. Return of the mac goes <laughs> crazy too like at any function like play one of them jams and we about to be on the damn road, No doubt about it.
4: Yeah, that that's his go-to though. I I I love that. Um that's and yeah, I know. He he has really figured it out, and he his DJ business is it's great shit. Um, right. So yeah, he knows he knows Erich. when he's getting booked. He knows his audience. That's the thing. He knows audience. Yeah. He knows I mean, when, when, when he looks out.
1: When you're a wedding DJ, you either learn pretty quickly, or you continue to suck forever. That's how I feel like the <laughs> line is: either like you know the market, or like you've been in here five years and you're still with the wrong jams at every wedding.
2: No. <laughs> that's uh that's like the that's like the glass breaking, man. That's like the stone cold glass mm-hmm. breaking, This <laughs> is how we do it. <laughs> no, it's about cold. to pop off, man. <laughs> that's the stone
1: cold glass breaking. It's hilarious. You no know it's about <laughs> to pop off, bro. <laughs> about to come and hit everybody with a stunner with these jams. <laughs> no, Jordan. When, when I was in Jamaica, that was my uh karaoke song. I'm like, oh what karaoke song can I do that I know is gonna get people going? And it got the rap part in it, too. I'm like, yeah, it has to be.
2: What's a time. gangbanger <laughs> in 95? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like
3: no, nah, you know what, though? These bars off.
4: <laughs> you know what, though? I do have to say, like talking about Montel Jordan, um, the get it on tonight, though, is like when I think about that song lyrically, that is kind of like a fuckboy anthem like when you really think about it <laughs> like the <laughs> track that was the time man. That was the time, so. <laughs> did not expect you to call it that but all right uh, no i mean what is. he's talking about i got a girl but you look good tonight mm-hmm. is one and then you watch the video and his girl in the video is finer than the one he's like hitting on the whole video and
2: i'm just like, what? I'm like what That's, that is, is an doing? underrated record by the way like I, I think people are so stuck on this is how we do it but
4: that is an underrated record. Now, nah, nah, I loved Let's Ride. Are you kidding me? That's like the only Silk verse I fuck with. And, uh, um, what is it? That? Anything goes, let's roll. Let me help you take up off your clothes. Boom, Give boom, me a preview boom. before boom. and the rest after the show. Boom, like, no, boom, that's... <laughs> 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 yeah. That's like the only Silk verse Like I truly felt like. And then he still silks it up. Like, it has got some suck, good lines. I and it. then... Uh, cause what does he say? He says, um, thug love mixed with cream, Hennessy strawberries and mo wet. And then he just goes into champagne, drop a bath, drop a little hot tub. <laughs> none of it. <laughs> none of it. <laughs> it's none like, it I mean. was like, you almost, you almost had it. And then you had to silk shock, silk the shocker. Let me,
1: me add my little flair to the end of this. To
4: make sure they know it's <laughs> Nah, sick. man. I gotta let y'all know it's me. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we remember.
4: Yep. Yeah, and, uh, nah, I don't know. I, I love Montel Jordan. Are you kidding me? Um oh, yeah like he he really helped establish Flesh and Bone as a singles uh, artist. I said a singles. because my brain is stuck in wrestling mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a solo artist is what I meant when to he say. left the
1: faction of Bone Thugs and Harmony on his own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs>
3: because push. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's exactly
4: how my brain views all of that. Where it's like, yeah, the faction of Bone established, but then. Flesh and Bone wanted a singles career, mm-hmm. so he started tagging with uh, Montel Jordan for a little right. bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but no, nah, that the uh, falling the that single where he had the the um, what was it, MC8 um, mm-hmm. sample. But yeah, he um, when that track dropped, that was the first time that I remember acknowledging, like, oh, Flesh and Bone, okay, mm-hmm. so like he doesn't just need Bone thugs and harmony right. And then he dropped his solo album, which I remember because me and my brother got it that Christmas, uh, his solo album, Thugs, which was an acronym for True's Humbly United Gathering Souls. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> 90s. I swear, man. I
3: swear.
4: Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, Righteous Reg is here. They're telling oh, you in the yeah. chat you need to turn your, your mic boy, up.
1: It's the, wait, hold on. They just want me to be hella loud. I see what y'all are going on. It's your boy, Media Man, Righteous Red, your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster, the inventor of both these guys, the chant. If you didn't know, now you know. The <laughs> originator, none greater. None of these other guys do it like me. I swear, nobody out here does it like me. I invented the chant that exists in the world. I've heard this shit at WrestleMania, bro. I did that. Okay
4: yeah yeah he posted the video he shared it to uh
1: i got concrete evidence right here you can watch and see it with your own eyes baby they don't do it like your boy
4: receipts. man they're still saying you're low hit the 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 no? settings i guess in 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 StreamYard.
1: what y'all want from me,
4: <laughs> turn me up uh, in what headphones. do
1: you want from me
4: turn them up in the headphones nah um
2: i've i've been waiting it took me over a year to do this to do the bull's beanie like jack the jobber uh, pot wrestling podcast legend. Finally here. Speaking of the Bulls. Man, coughed up that game because it looked like, uh, it got looked like at the, end looked like the Warriors like, were close to coughing this thing up. Man.
1: Right. I know. I was like, yo, it's not looking too good at the end here. What's going on? What's going on? What's going I need on?
2: Uh, I need Zach to work on his shot selection, man. I, some of those shots Zach takes, I'm like, dude, at least, at least get about seven seconds into the shot clock before right. you just throw one up, man. <laughs> What are we doing, man? I hate
1: when the young boys do that, they just get too excited and too anxious. It's like, yo, just let it breathe a little uh, bit.
2: My my indicator that the Warriors are going to win a game is always when it's in crunch time and uh, my man – uh, Draymond hits a three. I was like, when yeah, he hit if that Draymond's three, I was like, we're, we're losing. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, right. it's over. We're going to lose. If
1: Draymond's <laughs> like, I'm taking the three this time, like, you know something is
2: going yeah, on. Yeah, and, and and they went through that stretch where Jordan Poole just wouldn't miss. I was
4: like, yeah, we're losing this game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, See, but, I, I, oh, the
1: Bulls are pretty tough, though. They, they fought a good fight, I think. Yeah. yeah.
4: See, I, I spent my night last night watching the Nuggets and the Hawks. And the Nuggets lost to the Hawks, and And my issue here is that yeah. And so the Nuggets, my issue with this loss is that Denver is so close to number one, and like you just couldn't let it happen, could you? I I I was spending all day thinking, all right, Suns lost, so now it's just up to Denver to do what they got to do to move out of that number two spot and get the number one seed. Nope. Nope. Lost to the Hawks. And the, the worst part about that was it was really just the second quarter. Outscored them in the third and the fourth. But that second, they just could not make up that deficit. And uh, they got to within three. In the, within, uh, what was it? I think there was three minutes left in the fourth. They got within three. And I'm like, they're going to do it. Because they had come back from like 10 down. You know what the final score of that game was? 109-117. They oh. called that timeout. And then and Denver called the timeout, by the way. And then Atlanta just runs all over them when they come out of the timeout. They're
1: like, thanks for the timeout, bro. we about to regroup hell over yeah. here.
4: Yeah. I was like, all right, we're within three. Let's do it. I flipped the smackdown for a second, and then I'm like, all right, let me flip back and see where this is going. And then all of a sudden Atlanta's just like scoring run.
2: Yeah. Uh <laughs> Speaking of uh, wrestling and the Bulls game, I missed the first half of the Bulls game because I was watching Rampage, and I was sitting there watching Rampage, and Kip popped out of nowhere uh, to put George Kansas City off of the off of the uh, off of the top rope, and it looked like for a second he was going to lose to QT, and I was like, "Listen, if I miss the Bulls <laughs> game to watch QT fucking Marshall <laughs> win the All Atlantic Championship, I'm going to be
4: mad. What is it?" I, I mean, been, I, I will AQT
1: say, getting this shit off, man. We I it?
4: bit on that fall as well mm-hmm. because for about three seconds, I was like, because like, I'd already read the spoilers, and so when that when he hit that cutter, I was like, did I misread the spoilers for like three <laughs> seconds? I'm like, did I misread this? Because I don't. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I was I, for a second. I was like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a
2: minute, Kip. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was about to be hot at Kip. I was like, yo, if you don't get that box, and get the fuck out of here, bro.
1: Oh, <laughs> you need some kind of heat out here because that was, that was kind of grim when he showed it. Like, the fans did not care one. Like, nobody even yeah. was like, yeah, Kip. Like, not one person cared about Kip Sabian. It was kind of sad.
4: No, I, um, I was talking to Denise most through Rampage, and I know that on her podcast, I haven't seen it yet, but I know she, like, ripped into Rampage. Um, I was a little kinder over the fact that, you know, she was just like, this show is like a fucking chore to watch. And Yeesh. I I was like, I agree in that I thought all of the matches, nothing in the matches I cared about. Um, but the outcomes, like everything that surrounded it was great, right? Like, um, I thought, are you kidding me? Um Shane Taylor showing up, and uh, Shane Taylor Promotions tra- uh, challenging Swerving Our Glory at the next pay-per-view. At- mm-hmm. That's great, right? And it was like the Acclaimed coming out challenging FTR. Great stuff. Uh, and I thought the Soraya thing was really good. She's talking yeah. about she's coming for the title. Um, you know, we got a video package for Sheeta and um, and the Bunny. Great stuff. And even the ending of the show with House of Black showing up. And then they they posted that exclusive clip on Mm -hmm. uh, AEW's Twitter of them talking about they want the elite.
3: All Mm -hmm. great stuff.
4: Mm -hmm. But then the problem is the stuff in between it. Like, I don't care about Darby Allin versus Cole Carter. Cole Carter.
1: Don't care one bit. Not one bit. Like he's a uh-huh. talented dude, but like.
4: Right. Did we ever get
2: a, a, an answer as to why he dressed up his sting randomly in that episode, and why it looked like he was going to join Jay Lethal and those guys?
4: They for said a he. They, they said he. They just got him on loan from the factory. Right. Okay. That's, as. Yeah, I know. W- wow. Uh, and then wow. yeah, and, and so yeah, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal versus Private Party. Like, I'm happy to see Private Party on TV. Didn't care about this match, right. um, and. Uh even the Athena squash was like, look, I cared more about what happened after, but like otherwise, I don't care about this I mean, match.
2: I, I enjoy watching Athena beat women up. I yeah, think it's great. <laughs> I I think her heel stuff is great.
4: I think um, it is great and I think she's gonna make a really good ROH world yeah I, I think she's i
2: think she's winning a final battle um this felt like watching a uh, sunday night heat where all the matches weren't all that great but all the developments and announcements around it were great um, yeah did we just a, talk about it, this too this is kind of crazy yeah it, it felt a lot like sunday night heat mm-hmm. yeah
4: that was how i felt about the show i'm like ah you know i if i could just like push it forward through the matches and then uh get and that's not me right like i want to watch matches i want to watch matches i enjoy and I feel like there's a balance they could strike because otherwise all the developments on the show were good. Even Darby challenging Samoa Joe, like all that stuff was good. But uh, yeah, the match wise, because on the other side of things like SmackDown was Smackdown a was, dope show match yeah, wise. They
2: had some good matches on there. Some of that stuff what? on SmackDown was not hitting nobody. Dude, buddy. <laughs> Some of that stuff was not good. Right. They've got a they've got figured out with their women's division on SmackDown. Oh, the women's it's division not is good. It's it's not good. But, no, and I said that last that, week
4: that the thing that gets me about their women's division is that uh you can tell how dire the women's division is on SmackDown mm-hmm. when damage control and And Bianca can show up on SmackDown and get the biggest reactions on the show, but then the things that actually happen on the things that are like, no, this, those are cameos that we're supposed to be talking about uh, Ronda Rousey and and Raquel Rodriguez, and like this is all the SmackDown stuff. Like nobody cares. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I I don't care
2: that you're resetting Lacey again. I I just don't care that 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 whatever that Emma and yeah whatever that emma and madcap segment was before her match don't care um yeah a lot of the women's stuff on smackdown just ain't good i think it was very telling that nobody from smackdown was in the women's war game match right at least Mm -hmm. at least damage control addressed it on television um in a way that's like y'all need to step up um and then proceeded to get beat up by one person again Keeps happening to them I will yeah. say
1: about SmackDown, though the Kofi Kingston and Gunther match that's the Kofi Kingston that should have been wrestling on October fourth, 2019 against Brock Lesnar. You see that he can go with guys like this I don't know and why. nobody You're ever said
4: him. Kofi needed to win that match. No. I feel like people always argue back to like, well you really think Kofi should have beat Brock Lesnar? No nobody said all. that, but you didn't have to squash like the could've... WWE champion. It could have been a badass match, like he
1: had with Gunther, a fucking mm-hmm. in there, a credible opponent, not a jobber loser that gets squashed in nine seconds. Like what?
2: I'm I'm having a good morning. I won't get into that <laughs> with you guys because that still makes me angry to this day. I know, But I, I, didn't I will even say, know why I brought it up. But I will say, as a as a quick as a quick way to get away from that, if you're looking for a Christmas gift, hey, hold that up, right?
1: <laughs> wow, we're doing promos in the middle. Baby. Yo, this fights right? right. Yo, fight go. for craps.
2: Shirts yes. on shop.fightful.com Get you on, I just saw this City next to me and that's why Yo, come it's on Graf man City. So, City. if here. you're looking for Grab City merch Shop.fightful.com
4: Shop.fightful.com Speaking of which, also don't forget to send us your Super Chats throughout the show, we got Super Chats, we got Humper Chats, we're gonna read them all um, And uh, That is what we're gonna Do here on Grab City, that's what we Do, Caden says, felt bad for Tegan, gotta Stop these cold returns, I don't again know
1: why they keep doing this,
2: you yeah, guys it, it, you should only do cold returns with people that have had a big impact on Raw or SmackDown, and people mm-hmm. are going to remember them. People That's aren't going to remember what Tegan has done on either of those shows. So, oh. no, you got to do something to, you know, introduce her before you put her on TV. Just I think playing the hun- song
1: and showing their name on the thing is not enough. It <laughs> ain't gonna work. I, not I not think... for people like
2: Tegan and Candice. Right.
4: Right. I think that... Uh... Hunter's biggest mistake thus far in these returns is they're not a return if they were only in NXT. And, uh, like, you can't count on these fans to know who these people are. And I know that I'm one of the people who, like, kind of advocates for, you know, oh, trust your fans, you know, because people will be like, well, you can't just, like, hold debut somebody in AEW. But, like, the thing is, you know who's going to get a reaction. Or I feel like at least uh, Tony has kind of an idea of, how much his audience follows other stuff. Like when they see, um, you know, when, when I was at Forbidden Door, right? Like when Shibata's music hit, everybody's going nuts. Like, oh shit, I can't believe this is happening right now. Right? Like you, they kind of know, but I feel like the WWE audience, you kind of have the stats in front of you, right. which says that Raw's watched by, on average, like 1.6 or 7 million people. SmackDown's watched by about, 2.1 million, about on average, mm-hmm. and NXT's watched by about 600,000 on average. And so you know you have the stats in front of you that say that half your audience, guaranteed, does not know the like get what that's only. Uh, let's do some math here. That's almost a fourth of your audience from SmackDown does not know these NXT people, mm-hmm. and uh, a third of your audience, as far as Raw is concerned, does not know. Uh, these NXT people so like because WWE knows that and has those stats I do think it is important to introduce people like the uh, Johnny uh, or at least do it in front of the right audience because you know that that's not the case for everybody you know when you're in Canada you probably got a bigger NXT audience or at least one that knows the takeovers so introducing Johnny Gargano in Canada worked you didn't have to do much of a, a background on any of that and it got a reaction um, but on the other hand, the way they dropped in Candice LeRae didn't work. Tegan uh, Nox
1: and Buffalo, like, that has nothing. Yeah, like they're not you,
4: didn't, come you, didn't, you didn't even use Tegan in the
2: way that she was initially used on the main roster. She was in a tag team with Shotzi. Wouldn't it have made more sense for her to come out and help Shotzi earlier yeah, in the show? <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's why She did have a run on the main roster. I forgot all about that. that. that Everything I just said me. doesn't matter because... She, she was on the there. Main she, was in there. she was in a tag team with Shotzi, and they didn't reference that at all. They just That's
1: what re- confused me about the whole thing, because I heard about the thing on Twitter, then I watched it later. So when Shotzi's getting beat up, I'm like, oh, Tegan's going to come and save Shotzi, and then she didn't come and save Shotzi. No. And I'm like, wait, wh- what? No,
3: we
2: got Raquel in a, in a brace.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. and then she comes to save someone else that she does. Like, what? I don't Okay.
2: Right. I mean, they they at least had the – the payoff of soon as she jumped in the ring, the first person that ran at her was Dakota, Dakota because yeah. they have history together. But right. again, you know she had the ta- she had the the tag run on the main roster with team, mm-hmm. So
4: yeah, I forgot right. she was on the main roster last year because that whole period last year where they called up all those people and then released them uh, was. <laughs>
1: And exactly what you're saying here, you forgot, which means a whole bunch of other people also also forgot. Like, think about me forgetting, by the way. (laughs) Right. Will Washington forgot. You guys, something is going on
2: here. So – yeah, so you don't remember them doing that whole battery charging thing on NXT for weeks, and then they brought Keaton yes, back I do remember for, that. Yeah, for <sighs> for one match, and then she immediately went went to the main roster, and they acted like none of that happened.
4: Yeah, they did the battery buildup, and they called her up. Um, I mean that that's one thing that uh, at least for now, as long as they still remain good friends, is that Shawn Michaels and Triple H will at least uh probably be on the same page yeah and that there won't be hunter building somebody up working with something and then all of a sudden getting a call like hey we're taking him mm-hmm. uh, and good luck and then, it's not, not only game. taking him, but we're then gonna fuck him over, and we're uh, not gonna
1: do anything that you did <laughs> down there. We're gonna do something <laughs> totally different up there, and we're not even gonna acknowledge what he did down there. Actually,
4: yeah, like we built up, yeah, you built up Keith Lee to this NXT Championship. Uh, hey, well, guess what? We're calling him up uh, right now.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we need him. Um,
4: he he yeah. was a dual champion at that; he had both belts. But yeah, we need him. So, uh, and. He's going to be Bearcat, <laughs> and then we're going to release him. Um, and so, anyway, we got Aaron Busby says, Sup, fellas? Happy holidays. Thank you. Uh, he says, Now that the year is pretty much over, what is y'all's match of the year? Also, y'all buying uh, stock that Solo was going to break up the bloodline since he seems kind of standoffish from them? I don't think he's going to. I think that ultimately it's uh, – I, I still think they're playing Sammy and that yeah. – my. The more people get into all this, they're they're even kind of hamming it up. The way they're encouraging the Sammy Uso chance, oh, they're gonna mm-hmm. beat that motherfucker's ass. Like mm-hmm. that is, uh, yeah. I don't know how we can't see that, but like,
1: you know what? That's interesting. I was actually thinking about this last night about the Bloodline. So when this thing happened on Saturday and Sam Zayn did the thing and everybody was cheering, the end of Survivor Series, everyone was saying the same thing. Oh it I can't wait until Sammy gets what he gets what's coming to. him. I can't wait till the bloodline does it can't believe they're gonna do it at elimination chamber in Montreal, so one hundred percent of us know this story right We know what's gonna happen here quote unquote we're happy about that maybe yeah like we're all we're happy like we like we know exactly the payoff what the payoff's gonna do, well we don't we, we don't that. know
2: exactly the payoff we know like kind of the idea of what the payoff is because yeah.
1: but i mean the payoff is like them beating sammy Zayn's ass oh
4: it's kind of sure yeah. but 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 the thing is um just because you know it's coming doesn't necessarily make it bad right like that's what right. i'm trying I, to lead to yeah no, A- of course yeah because I mean. you know we wanted batista to turn on evolution we wanted that moment to finally come the you know it happened for three we waited for three months we knew it was coming like mm-hmm. the thing is even Kevin Owens turning on Jericho, we knew was coming. You could sense it all along. It was just a matter of when he was going to do it and how he was going to do it. And Mm -hmm. the way they delivered it was still masterful. That's still one of my favorite Raw segments of all time. Um, And so this can be one of those same things where, like, we know, but uh, the the how is still what we want to see, and it could still be very good. Um, Because, like, if I were writing it, I would love for – jay to basically snap back into you know when they all jump and when roman kind of gives the nod like give it to him Mm -hmm. and like jay starts beating his ass solo starts beating his ass and like i want sammy on the ground like reaching for jimmy and jimmy it kind of gives him a look like because jimmy's been the one on his side the whole time and jimmy just gives him a look like sorry Mm -hmm. and then he starts stomping him as well (laughs) yo like
2: (laughs) jimmy coming back um to save jay uh, whatever two years ago and he fell right in line he fell more in line than jay did he yeah, fell like straight in day, line he
1: was like yeah now let's roll with roman bro we good
2: uh, and no <laughs> yeah so, i feel
4: like they kind of dropped a, a lot of that where they it seemed like they were heading toward you know they couldn't get jimmy in line or right. jimmy was just kind of more like you know i'm gonna just do and eventually nah. they're like nah we're good no um, he's uh, i'm happy to be here guy now uh, mm-hmm. to answer aaron's other question I will not be answering that question," he said. "What is y'all's match of the year?" Um, Sean announced today, uh, as I was hinting at on uh, after or no, that was on um, on Ask, Ask Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Yeah, I had my A right, uh, but it was on Ask Rhapsody. Sean, uh, I mentioned that uh, we're going to be doing a show um, announcing the. Awards, um, for the Fightful Awards. We're going to do a Fightful Awards um, stream, a live stream, a podcast. Sean announced the hosts of it. It is going to be, uh, I said, like, if you were thinking Fightful, like, what three people would you have picked for this? And the the, the lineup is going to be myself, Denise Salcedo, and Sean Ross mm-hmm. Uh And so that's the trio. We are going to be discussing our three picks uh, for all of these categories, as well as an Announcing the winners as voted on by the Fightful Select subscriber. So if the overall winner is going to be the one that's been voted on by the Fightful Select subscriber. So, of course, if you're subscribed to Fightful Select, you're going to start getting these, uh, I guess, ballots emailed to you. And you can uh, start to fill those out. And we're going to be tallying all of them up. And announcing the winners. And like I said, that's the lineup, me, Sean, and Denise. And so you'll hear my all of my picks for Match of the Year, Wrestler of the Year, all of that on that show. All right, um, I'm not on that show, so mine so I, is. I was going to say, you guys, though.
1: <laughs> it's been said a bunch of times. FTR versus the Briscoes, number one in Texas. I was sitting next to Will Washington and Philip Lindsay. We were going nuts. When the Young Bucks came out, we were like, we were going ham. All everything connected to that and the match, it's like, that's the one to be
2: the one yeah i feel like that's probably the pick uh just for the sake of saying something different i'm just mm-hmm. gonna say okada versus osprey i knew he was gonna she say that. i was, I was, I was like wait on it yeah it's, uh. yeah that match is special um I, as for the sammy stuff my theory and i tweeted this last night is that um solo pretty much knows that Roman has flipped, and he doesn't mm-hmm. trust Sammy anymore, and yeah, he, he doesn't does. want to be fake about it. He's the right. only one out of the four of them that's like, nah, I'm not about to play this game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm rolling with, I'm rolling with what Big O says, mm-hmm. and Big O says it's over for this dude. So I'm basically <laughs> just waiting for the <laughs> call. So um, and-
1: as soon as he one. give me the nod, it's, it's it's on, it's lit.
4: Yeah. So it's like, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to fuck with this guy the way you guys are. Like y'all are gassing him up. I'm over here just. No, it's, it's the best because
1: the usos are his legit brothers and like he's not
2: riding with his brothers he, he is, he is very <laughs> clearly looking around like nah and he's been doing it since survivor series so i feel like that's the telltale sign mm-hmm. and the other telltale sign was the uh segment they did before seamus ran in and, and and beat up the usos where jimmy asked him like hey what did you think about him lying to you and what made you change your mind and he didn't give him a, a straight answer no he knows the answer because he knows that he doesn't have to change his mind because now roman sees it the way he sees it
1: right i think that yeah. kevin owen owens promo was pretty great too the one where he was like no matter what you try to do you'll never be their blood like that was like the line that established like bro it's on for you <laughs> you're out of <Yeah>. here <laughs> i
2: after because i saw somebody else say why would roman turn on sammy after all of this because if I'm Roman and I'm looking around and as paranoid as Roman has shown himself to be for the past two years, no, if you show me, you'll turn on your best friend. Right. Then you'll turn on me too. Mm-hmm. That's all we it turn is. turn our
1: back on family and you did that to somebody you consider family, like, what's up? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. I will say it's, a, it's one of the most intriguing stories lines going today. Good it's actually them. really great stuff. Uh, We got some others. Let's see. Jason R says, uh, City, what do you attribute the most to AEW's women's division's uh, stories slash feuds seeming to be improved lately? Also, opinions on the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailer. All right. We'll take this one little piece at a time. Uh, I will start with uh, improvements to the women's division uh, stories and feuds. Um, Just letting them cook, right? Like, that's really... Uh, Tony Storm was... Uh, I feel like she definitely spearheaded things more than anybody in the sense
0: that this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? dot com slash fightful it's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with better help that's betterhelp.com slash fightful tony storm
4: you know who tony storm was to me and guys i don't mean this as a direct one-to-one comparison here we go you don't have to to draw complete parallels but tony storm to me feels a lot like brian danielson and i mean that in the sense that brian came in and was like i don't care about the structure of aew i'm because you know aew for a long uh, for the uh, to this day aew has a bit of a structure where it's like you have guys they kind of alternate it's like not everybody works every single week it's usually like um it started that way, and then the roster grew so big that it was like, okay, we're going to have a little bit of an alternating schedule where some guys work some weeks, some guys work other weeks, uh, and you'll at some point see everybody. But then Brian came in and was like, no, I'm working every week. This is what I do here. I'm Brian Danielson. I right. don't work halftime. I'm Brian Danielson. And, you know, he came in. He was doing matches every single week. If Brian had a chance to work somebody, he worked somebody. He came in, and he – um he worked Minoru Suzuki. He worked, uh, uh, he did all those matches with the Dark Order guys. Brian Danielson was like, I mean, he worked Nick Jackson a week after mm-hmm. working Kenny Omega. He right. was like, I am going to wrestle every single week because I'm Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm here to do. And I think Tony Storm, really, there wasn't a women's wrestler before Tony Storm who was working every single week, who right. came in and was like, I'm going to do a match every single week. Uh, it, it was, Really, this alternating schedule. Like I said, Tony Storm worked more matches in that two months uh, on Dynamite. She worked more matches in that two months on Dynamite uh, as Women's Champion than Britt Baker did in her near year as Champion. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I think Tony Storm kind of did a little bit of changing of the culture and that idea that now nah, I'm coming in, I'm working every single week, and I think that mentality. When you saw Brian do that, that made other people step up and want to be like Brian,
3: right? Exactly. And
4: I think that Tony had kind of done the same thing for the women's division, and maybe they want, maybe the division did want to work every week. I'm not saying they didn't, but I think Tony just becoming that probably lit a little bit under Tony Khan to to push more of that each week. And now, yeah, we we've got um, next week. We'll talk about Jade here in a little bit <laughs> because there's a lot to talk about. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's my feeling. What do you guys think attributed to the change?
2: Um, I think it is Tony, and I, I think Tony's interim title run is very similar to Mox's interim title run in that mm-hmm. she was very visible on TV. She was having matches a lot. So I do think that that helped to spark it, but I also think it helped to have small segments for the women on both shows every week even if yeah. it wasn't matches just to have more of the women present on tv helped um because i mean we're not gonna act like jay nihilist storyline was just like this riveting television right. but it was just good to see both of them on tv and it, it was an entertaining use of them every week even if you weren't putting them in matches right. it was just something to have them on tv and it worked mm-hmm. um and i think it worked the same way with Soraya, even if. You know, you didn't have a match with she was still present, and I think that has helped a lot.
4: Yeah, and now you look up and down the show, and there's so much happening, where you've got, Jade's got a program now with, with Bow Wow, um, Ida Head, but that's also at least leading to, you know, she's got the six-woman tag coming up this week with the baddies versus, who was it, Madison Rain, um, Kiera Hogan, and... Sky Blue. Mm -hmm. So, like, they have a match coming up this week. But also, Soraya just noted that she's going for the women's title now. And so that's a thing that's going to involve um, uh, uh, Jamie Hayter. And uh, and then, of course, that's going to also involve Britt Baker. But then you go down. Sheeta is going to be defending her title next week uh, against uh, the Bunny. And then also on top of that, you have... Mercedes Martinez and uh, Athena going for the uh, women's title. So all of a sudden, or the ROH women's title. So you've got these programs just kind of left and right, all kind of scattered throughout. And that's the thing people have been saying they wanted to see. They just want to see more, uh, more than anything else. They just want content.
1: I think they're making like a conscious effort to uh, say the things out loud that they're trying to improve on with the backstage things, bringing in Madison Rain, bringing in Renee, who is like, helped out. Every time Renee's on screen, it's like somebody's going to be getting put over. And all the moves Mm. that they made like that on top of having Tony and Jamie and all these women going for it every single week, it just showed us that they are putting a little bit more emphasis, and that's all we've ever wanted to see. And so we're here. It's pretty dope. I mean, there were three women's matches on the last pay-per-view, right? Mm -hmm. Yep.
4: And there were three women's matches that double or nothing, but uh, I feel like the... Uh, the difference here was that with are being, oh yeah, I, I, all those programs I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Also Ruby Soho came back and she's mm-hmm. got a thing going with Ty. Yeah. So like across the board, there's just stuff happening in the women's division. I didn't even mention Ruby Soho and Ty Conte. Um right. Speaking of which, yeah. shout out to me for the uh the scoop <laughs> <laughs> Shout
2: out to me, a crazy yes. uh, no
4: uh, for the scoop on on Ruby Soho's return uh it's five dollars you get some great content there um and, and Willow's
1: out there too we haven't talked about Willow got stuff like there's a lot going on honestly you guys it's yeah
4: um, I feel like Willow is at least being uh, groomed for like some kind of Something's coming up for her soon because right. you know Tony doesn't do TV wins for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like usually, that's supposed to lead to something. And I feel like making sure she got that TV win over Anna Jay this week. Right. Um. Yeah, my yeah. brain is immediately thinking something's up. Damn. Is she heading back toward Jade? Is she about to challenge Jamie Hader? I don't know, mm. but um, Jamie I,
1: Hader and Willow. Uh, yeah. The, <laughs> please. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> i'll take several servings please
2: yeah I, I i think it's also good that they've helped to let us go along the journey with some of these women they're signing to and because uh, i think that's something they were doing with um the men and that's why we're invested in somebody like jungle boy because we've been on the journey with him since day one and i think mm-hmm. you can feel that with somebody like sky blue and just watching how much he improves mm-hmm. every time she's on tv and i think that's helped a lot
4: definitely uh, guardians of the galaxy 3 trailer um I want Phil's take on this more than anybody's, you know, I'm i I'm a Marvel guy, but like, I just like all the stuff. Uh, and <laughs> uh, but I feel like Phil is, um, definitely one that gives more nuanced thought. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I popped super hard for them coming on screen with the blue and red, uh, suits that they wore in the DNA run. Uh, If you don't read comics, the DNA run is really the thing that put Guardians back on the map in the modern era. Like, For most modern fans, that's the thing that made people Guardians fans. And so it's cool to see them acknowledge that in the movies. It's cool to see stuff like um, they're going to do Rocket's origin. Um, There's a lot of cool stuff they have in there. Uh, I'm very scared they're going to kill off Rocket. And there's so many things in this trailer that make me nervous. Like, please don't kill off Rocket. Rocket's my favorite character from the group. And... I don't know. There's so many callbacks. This very much feels like it's... Well, it doesn't feel like it is. It's James Gunn's final movie with the Guardians. It's probably his final Marvel movie. And so this feels like a farewell to the franchise. Oh, it of it absolutely
4: is his final Marvel movie. That man works for DC now. And not only that, that man runs DC now. That man is yeah, probably yeah. not even thinking about the next thing he wants to do with Marvel. But you also have to think about the fact that a number of people from the Guardians cast said directly... I'm not working without James Gunn. As a matter yeah, of fact, Dave Batista, like. yeah, Dave Batista said, "I, I, you know, James Gunn was the guy who took a chance on me. I'm not doing this without James Gunn." So, um, speaking of Batista, I definitely noticed both in the holiday special
2: and in this, he's wearing shirts more like, listen, I'm, I'm tired of getting in shape for these movies. He, that he, he said <laughs> That's what he said. He said that
4: man, that man straight up said, "I am in my fifties. I just cannot." be doing shirtless movies I- anymore it's not gonna happen and he's like i he's like you have to stay in ridiculous shape to be shirtless for an entire movie and yeah i it's noticed like I've the been same going thing
1: to the gym every day for 35 years i don't want to do it anymore i don't want to go every day i'm tired of <laughs> yeah.
4: so yeah and the the christmas special yeah batista's wearing a shirt and on uh in this trailer he's got a shirt on the whole time he's like i am not doing shirtless movies no more Mm-mm.
2: No, yeah, but no, this looks like a farewell to the franchise. There's a lot of uh, James Gunn humor in there. There's a lot of stuff that looks like it's going to make me cry. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for this movie. Um, he hasn't missed yet, and not just with the Guardian franchise. I feel like James Gunn has not missed with any comic franchise yet. Peacemaker was great, uh, Suicide Squad was great. Um, looking forward to this.
4: Yeah, I'm excited. And, you know, I. I was pretty happy with just all the trailers that dropped this week. Um, I don't know. Whatever. I love Disney. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, serve our corporate overlords that are, that is Disney because they, they put out some dope shit. Like, I like the Indiana Jones trailer. I was like, I'm in on this. Uh, and you know what's funny, though, because I didn't even hate Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I was like, you know what, I could get into the idea that Shia LaBeouf is the next uh, ha- Harrison Ford. And of course, 14 years later, that was very wrong. wrong. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very,
2: wrong. Mm-hmm.
4: very, very wrong. But at the time, you know, seeing that movie, I'm like, I could get into this. Son of Indiana Jones. Yeah, let's keep going. Shia LaBeouf, let's go. Nah, they didn't. Shia LaBeouf,
2: they tried to throw him in as the heir apparent on so many franchises around right. that time period. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. like, "This kid's the future of every franchise," and boy, that <laughs> did not work out well. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, they tried to make him Bosley in, in the Charlie's Charlie's Angels franchise, and I'm like, mm, Nah, mm, where Bill Murray heart. at, bro? <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, nope. They, Shia LaBeouf was not the heir like they thought he was going to be. And so watching this Indiana Jones trailer, I did have that slight thought the whole time of like, ooh, yeah. So we're just going to ignore that Indy had, had a son yep. because uh, we're clearly moved on from all Dead, of that. Deadbeat,
1: dad-ass Indiana Jones. He's like, nah, I don't have a kid. What kid? I'm like, whole movie about it? He's like, nah, I don't know. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> well, nigga Dino, you know, I could see you. We saw you, Harold. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, that was great uh, Let's see uh, Coffee Black says Shout out to Cal California Paywall Phil And the generational hater re-
2: re- Generational <laughs> <laughs> It's your boy Generational hater bro. Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: let's see Real LTST Is the captain winning the battle royal And then uh, uh, And then finding a way to beat MJF Let's see so, hold on, I'll try to figure out the rest of this because it got cut off uh, for the diamond ring. Okay, so that's it. So, basically, okay. So, what do we think is happening with the uh, MJF and the Dynamite Diamond? I, I mean, Phil, you kind of said it on Ask Rap City this week, mm-hmm. uh, but you're kind of of the belief that uh, Ricky yeah. wins it.
2: I think Ricky's winning. I do think it would be really funny if Sean Dean won it um, Mm because MJF did tweet earlier, what is Sean Dean Dean doing in this battle royal? I do think it would be really funny (laughs) if he won it. Um, But I I think Ricky's going to win it, and I think Ricky is going to get close enough to taking all of the things that MJF uh, held dear before being a champion, but he's going to get just that close and not beat him for the belt. Um, But I think he makes perfect sense as a diamond um, ring. Oh, yeah. Are you I, kidding
4: me? I could absolutely see Ricky changing the pose just slightly to kiss in the yeah. ring. Like, that would actually be kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I think but Ricky's going
1: to win. honestly think that MJF's going to keep the ring and go for another year. I think he's just but he have
2: doesn't him. have to anymore. He's moved on from the ring because now he he's Brass to, next guy.
1: He's MJF. He doesn't care. He just wants all yep. the things. He wants to continue having
3: all the things.
4: Uh, and let's see we got another one this one is from van Twinblade. Uh, it says three weeks out to the next glory pro show broadcasting on fight new announced uh we've got locked and loaded versus hustle and muscle with heather reckless we got kenny alfonso versus lucky ali we got jake something versus man scout jake manning uh, we've got laney luck dan the dad warhorse and danny vega in a four-way match and check out glory pro
1: Kenny Alfonso and Lucky Ali is dope. Lucky Ali is a really great wrestler. If you guys haven't heard him, seen him, he's been on uh, Deadlock Pro Wrestling, which is also a great wrestling show if you haven't seen it. I think they have a show on YouTube and they have their own streaming service. They have a lot of really super cool, dope things going on. The wrestling is top notch and Lucky Ali and a bunch of other great guys are doing things and ladies and people are doing great things over at Deadlock Pro. So if you haven't seen that, definitely check it out
4: r h says Tegan Knox should have returned at the Rumble and Dakota could sell it with shock and fear or surprise and disgust. also, Grapsity is the best podcast I mean, yeah you. I think that's a place where people anticipate returns, and so um, just any names coming up uh, tend to get a pretty good reaction. all
1: of them they're like we're not about to have no returns at the Rumble. we are bringing them all back before that.
2: might have a return at the Rumble if uh one Sasha banks is coming back but I don't know. We talked about this afterward,
4: and we didn't get to talk about that on the show, because you did bring that up last week, and I just felt like, I think Sasha coming back at the Rumble, unless she's winning, would be, to me, a mistake. I feel like um, it would just remind me too much of last year, right? Where, like, last year, I mean, one, they brought her back before, they brought her back on the SmackDown before, and then uh, she was, like... You know we were in that crowd she was a favorite in that audience and people booed when she got tossed out of the match and <laughs> and i just think same deal here where like there's so much anticipation around the idea of her being back that if you bring her back and don't have her win um and just coming back with a loss is to me i think a mistake mm-hmm. uh and but also She doesn't seem to fit into the plans for WrestleMania, so I don't see her winning. When you think about the fact that it's Ronda Becky WrestleMania, seems fairly obvious. And then on the Raw side of things, I could see them going with Charlotte and uh, Bianca Bianca. Belair. Yeah, I feel
2: like what they're going to do, based off of what Becky said in the press conference after Survivor Series, and how she wants to be the first woman to win uh, two Royal Rumbles. Um, I think Charlotte's going to come back and say that she wants that title first. And that's going to be the thing going into the match. The two of them trying to win that accomplishment. Um, I don't want that to be the case because I think Rhea Ripley makes more sense as a Royal Rumble winner, but I don't see it happening.
4: Well, and on the topic of WWE returns, there's also the rumor going around that the rock (laughs) is on his way back, possibly going to be in the Royal Rumble. The observer reported this week that, uh, that's at least one of the discussions that The Rock is going to be a surprise Rumble entrant and he could possibly win the entire match. Uh,
2: um,
4: I thought when you said, speaking of returns, you were going to talk about Eric
2: Young possibly coming back to WWE. I mean, uh, we got a lot to talk about because it's also <laughs> regal. But so, <laughs> yeah, Eric Young got killed off uh, the most recent episode of uh, Impact which is usually to tell that they're going back to the E. Um, so seems like and PW Insider
4: happened. reported that that they're is reported. the case, that he's going mm-hmm. back, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Eric Young's headed back. But as far as The Rock is concerned, yeah. uh, look, I love The Rock. And I, in 2011, I was like... I still think that's one of the greatest returns of all time I'm still wondering whose legs were those When they showed that female's legs um, That were walking and they were like uh, We're going to reveal the host of Wrestlemania 27 And then it ended up being The Rock And I'm still like but whose legs were those Why did you show us the Female legs I still don't understand What, what that was supposed to be to 11 years later Rock If Reg you ever get the interview You have to ask Whose, whose legs, legs were they? those
2: He's probably not going to know what you're talking about. Gonna, I know. Well, I don't
4: know. Like, why, why the hell did you show us legs? Like, was that just supposed to be somebody who was in the car with you? I don't understand. Yeah, anyway. I want that
1: interview so bad, but Rock winning the Royal Rumble is god-awful. That sucks. That's, That's dumb. I mean, I, I, just like if Logan Paul can go on his podcast and say, I want a title match, a big title match against Roman Reigns, why the fuck can't The Rock do that? Why does he have to earn it? He doesn't have to earn a match. He's The Fucking Rock. He's well, I, go out I there think saying, that... I want to wrestle at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns, and everybody's going to be like, "Yeah, cool. We all want to see that." Like, you don't need Tim to win the Royal Rumble. That's crazy. Like, yeah.
4: I'll, ultimately, I don't want Rock versus Roman to be for the title because I feel like you you give away the finish. Right. Um, I don't think anybody is going to question. I feel like betting odds are going to be like negative ten thousand. But <laughs> right, I, I don't think that anybody necessarily believes that. There's a possibility of Rock walking away with the championship. Mm -hmm. And so um, I don't – I think a non-title scenario where what's on the line is who is the true head of the table I think makes more sense to me. I would like to see them really fighting over the fact that Roman claims he's the head of the table. Roman claims that the family is all dependent on him, but the Rock – you know, he knows that's true because the Rock is like, "Look, I bought you all cars." Mm-hmm. You know, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm the head of this table. Uh, yeah, I'm the head the of house. this table. I do this. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the one who opened the door for every single one of you to have success. Like, mm-hmm. I think that to me makes more sense than, like, I get no impression that Rock has any desire to have that title over his shoulder, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. so that that to me isn't necessarily something I would want to see. It'd be a nice little surprise, but also. It, again, it's another straight year in which, uh let's think about this. Who won the 2021 Royal Rumble? That was Edge. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Yeah. And Brock
4: 2022 was here. Brock Lesnar. Ugh. And this year would be The Rock if that's going to be the case. That's and I just think long. the idea that the Rumble, which used to be the culmination of, like, the cool thing about... The Rumble happening in January is that to me, I think the Rumble should always be a kind of a celebration of the year that the uh, whatever happened that previous year for that person. Right. And they like they spent that year doing what they were doing and eventually got to the point of winning the Royal Rumble and going to WrestleMania. And so like January was a perfect time to celebrate what that person did the year before. I think a good example of that is The Rock, who had, a, you know, through that second half of 1999, became the top babyface in the company, was eclipsing Austin before Austin even went out on injury and was proving that he was the guy. So it made perfect sense to have The Rock win the Royal Rumble in 2000 because that represented the year that Rock had just had in 99. Uh, and you think about... Um, Big show one, though. <laughs> On oh, the phot- record, <laughs> The Rock won that match.
2: Phot- phot- photographic evidence. <laughs> 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 yeah,
3: that, is, <laughs> yeah,
4: that used to crack me up so much as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, again, like I said, it, it's that's really what it's traditionally been. I feel like um, the last few years, cause even Drew McIntyre wasn't that, because Drew McIntyre just kind of came out of nowhere. He didn't have a like excellent 2019 to suddenly be like, this is our guy in 2020. They're just right. like, actually, we're just going to do this. Um but the last – but, like, thinking about how Edge, who wasn't even around, just came in, won, okay. Uh, we had uh, Brock Lesnar, again, part-timer, just kind of comes in, wins. Boy, that uh, sucked. And, yeah, sucked. Yeah, that sucked. And on top of oh, that, that like, like I said, it, it just – you're looking back now at – so who had a year that – You could be celebrating, right? Like, that's what I feel like the Rumble is supposed to be. Or at least if somebody's making a comeback, uh, like a triumphant comeback, you're kind of celebrating that. Like, I I think it should be Cody, but I also don't think that Cody should be losing to Roman Reigns. And it doesn't seem to me like they have any intention of not going to year three yeah with he's the... walking
1: out of wrestlemania with both those belts like yeah um, anybody's i, gonna do I think it something.
2: should be cody as well um if you're picking a guy that has been having a year and it should be him it should be Seth, Seth Rollins, Rollins. <laughs> um, yes, but it yeah. but if it if it's the guy that makes the most sense to go up against uh Roman it should be cody but i will never stop saying that Rollins versus Roman makes perfect sense as a WrestleMania main event. They're not going to do it, but it makes perfect sense. Um, I just think, I don't know if you you're setting a bad precedent by having Rock win. Yeah. I, I I don't really like the precedent of of part timers just showing up and winning a rumble, um, but I can understand why they would do it. Um, I. I don't want it though. I mean
4: it's um, gonna make all the headlines. That's yeah. the thing, is it's the biggest thing you can do. That mm-hmm. Raw the next night is gonna pop one of the biggest ratings that they could possibly pop. Mm-hmm. Uh so I get it. It's just yeah. as it's I, a I just, young
1: rock back in the saddle. Like all them young rock fans are gonna tune mm-hmm. in to see the rock do what he used to do. Yeah. You know, Dwayne Johnson? I just I just Dewey. don't want
2: it. And I just I just want to say on record, stop ducking the god. Roman keeps saying I have beat everybody. You did not beat Rollins at Royal Rumble. (laughs) You still owe him a rematch. Right. Give him his match.
1: Yeah. My thing is Rollins, Cody, or maybe Bobby Lashley. He's been kind of saying Bobby Lashley makes sense too, being able to do it Mm -hmm. too. So, but I don't think it's gonna be Lashley. But he could like Rollins and him. I think have the what Will was saying the best story of like throughout the year that could be built up to them getting the victory in the Royal Rumble. So.
4: Yeah, we'll I mean, and that's the thing is like, also, Sami Zayn has that story. Yeah, of, he does. He does. Of mm-hmm. you know, he had a, he's had a great year. And the Rumble should be a celebration of the year the last person had. Or that the winner has. Like, that's that's always made the most sense to me. Becky Lynch winning the Royal Rumble Mm -hmm. made perfect sense for somebody who had the 2018 she had. Of course she won the 2019 Royal Rumble. The
1: women's ones have kind of been okay because Bianca won and she deserved the win. Like, they've been doing Uh, But then Ronda
4: Rousey Rousey won this year. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. You're right, They
1: can't help it. They can't help themselves.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, this year
4: is the worst example of Mm -hmm. uh, doing the Rumble in kind of its traditional fashion. Right. So
2: It's a very bad Rumble. Like, I can't believe how bad Rumble was this year. It was
4: not good. No, and we were there, and I was excited. mm -hmm. I was like, look, I was super excited. It's my first time in St. Louis, uh, and, you know, I could literally see the arch right out my window um the best part is at my hotel fans
1: do not care though the the one next year the one that's coming up is doing record numbers they already put up like five no no years it's, it's like, still the royal rumble like it's they, still... they don't care about last year they're moving on to the next year and that's what no. a benefit for the wwe honestly you know
2: it'll, it'll be fine look royal rumble is still my favorite wwe pay-per-view mm-hmm. um, but this year year's was not good
4: Ooh, no oh yeah i've always said i like royal rumble more than wrestlemania i think Definitely. that uh, i agree um you know, I the two Royal Rumbles I went to definitely were kind of bizarre in a sense, and that uh, a as a matter of fact, you kind of flip flop them. I've been to the 2017 Royal Rumble, which had that bizarre uh, Randy Orton winning, um, and that made no sense at the time. Like it's like, oh, Wyatt family member Randy Orton wins uh. the Royal Rumble. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, because I think everybody was kind of thinking like Taker would win because mm-hmm. Cena had won the title that night, and everybody was like, "Oh, it's going to be Taker Cena at WrestleMania." And as I trashed on um, Ask Rhapsody this week, I was like, "Look, part-time scene is the worst. I think that when Cena doesn't have um, a uh, like when Cena's back in the saddle, like it's great shit. He is so good when he is ready to come in and work." But when Cena's like, Hey, I can't get hurt. I got a movie. Um, and you know it's a shining example of that, by the way? Uh, the first time I ever noticed that was actually in 2008 where Cena had this like killer 2007. Cena was like, I mean, he was going so hard. He tore his pectoral muscle and was out for a few months. Cena, though, had a killer 2007. And then in 08... Uh, Cena came back for a couple months and then they were like actually you have to film 12 rounds and so (laughs) Cena was like half-ass working that entire time like he wasn't taking really any bumps Uh, all his matches uh, for like the three months they were filming were just straight up like okay you're not actually gonna do anything and you're just gonna like Take a few punches and then hit an AA one two three. All of his matches were that, and even he worked WrestleMania. It was Cena, Orton, and Triple H that WrestleMania, but he was also still filming twelve rounds at the time. And so, like Cena did the least in that match. <laughs> and, uh, it's like you can tell when Cena's in a mode of, all right, can't damage the face, can't uh, can't b- break anything. Like I got a movie I'm filming and he works his matches like he does and that's that's my worry with him coming back this year is like is he back or is he like back because we know what Cena back looks like we know we saw that at WrestleMania 33, where he barely worked a match, and
1: <laughs> I mean, look at the thing that he did with Bray Wyatt too. It was like that wasn't a match. They used camera work and shenanigans and all kind of shit. To yeah, work. I mean, that's people
4: loved that. Um, yeah, that's I was great. gonna say people loved it, but yeah. uh, mm. that's definitely mm. the. Mm.
3: Mm. <laughs> I, I I'm mm. sorry.
2: I I love mm. the Funhouse match. Mm. So, mm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Should great. Put me to sleep. Nah, uh, I'm asleep. Uh, are you I'm kidding me? seen a... it.
2: Cena having the NWO shirt on. And, come on. Mm-hmm. No, that was
1: great. Pandering. They pandered.
2: It's <laughs> <picked too>. wrestling. <laughs> what do you fine. mean? Wrestling gets pandering. I'm Pander. sorry. A they good pan- amount of oh. pa- wrestling gets
3: pandering. Mm.
4: Reg is funny as hell. <laughs> 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 Van Twin Blade says, Ronda is a D- D-tier performer. Fight Ronda me.
1: Rousey's got to drink some caffeine or do something here because this is bad, you
4: guys. Um, Yeah this run
2: is bad this just, this so this, bad this this second run is bad her rookie year was great but i yeah. think the thing that is missing is that in that first year you could tell how much the others wanted to make sure that she looked good and how much yes. they protected her It's um, not like that anymore. <laughs> and i just think now like she doesn't look as motivated um mm-hmm. and then they're putting her in there with with people that are not good enough to right. elevate her in a way that somebody like triple h or sasha is smart enough to do uh, and that's not a knock at some of her opponents this year. I think Shotzi tried very hard at uh, <laughs> at Survivor Series. Um, but some of them bumps, buddy, that Ronda didn't want to take, uh, didn't look good, man.
1: Yeah, they've gotten to a point where they need Ronda to carry matches and she can't carry matches. No, so, she cannot. You know, she needs somebody to be in there with she, her. She didn't look and good
2: at him. the Rumble, in my opinion.
4: Yeah, no, she looked real bad at the Rumble. And I think that, uh, you know, where we're sadly approaching the timeline where guys ronda was around for a year last time right she came in yeah. she worked her first match wrestlemania 34 and her and she was gone after wrestlemania 35 she worked mm-hmm. one straight year with the company at the royal rumble this year this run is about to have been longer than that one which means that she's about to have more bad than good to her career Ugh. um She definitely did not come back with the same fire. I remember in 2018, the general idea was, man, she's a natural at this. She's got Mm -hmm. this. Like, she came in, and she's clearly just got it. Something's clicking. You know, she's got these matches with Alexa Bliss. She's got these matches with Nia Jax. Matches with Charlotte. Charlotte at Survivor Series uh, 2018. Great match. Mm -hmm. Uh, And something is not hitting the same for her in 2022 she's just not the same performer um i don't know what it is um, i know, I, know I, said I said this last she week
1: left and then she talked all that shit about wrestling fans wrestling fans are still pretty they want to hang on to that and i think she convinced herself that wrestling wasn't as cool as mma because she kept saying things like that was connecting like it's not as physical it's not as this and i think she kind of convinced herself that she would well, rather be fighting for real and like the fake shit isn't as cool as she originally
2: thought here here's here's my other issue with the ronda stuff because my thing is she should have come back as a heel um she should have never come back as a baby face she's just not interesting as a baby face she hates 0%. being a baby face she said it herself um but i think the i think that ronda never recovered from survivor series when she won that match from Charlotte. I think getting booed that night, she never really recovered from that. Um, I think that she felt like, you know, this was different from MMA. She went from a world where, you know, she kind of, I don't want to say left left in disgrace, but she took a pretty humbling loss. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she felt like wrestling, I don't know, they love me here. I'm getting this big reaction and That changed more and more throughout the year, and it really changed at Survivor Series when she was getting booed when she walked out. And I think the reception to her has been kind of mixed ever since then. Um, And I just think part of that is why she doesn't seem as motivated. I could be wrong, but it just feels like she doesn't look as motivated when she comes back. It doesn't look like she's as happy to be there as she was. and, and they, to keep
1: it a stack, her best friend is doing a better version of what they think. Shayna Shayna has <laughs> always been
2: better than her as well. Yeah. I've always felt that way. Shayna's a better promo than her. Yeah. Um she does she does a better job at the the uh, MMA
1: shoot work crossover stuff is way she better. She does better. it. Miles and that's
2: because him. I think that Shayna's just a better striker than her. Rhonda was she never is. known as a striker. She was and so I feel like Shayna's a better striker. She gets she she makes the hard hitting MMA stuff look more legit. Mm-hmm. I think her her mat game looks better. Yeah. Um she's just better than Rhonda in every way she in my is. opinion. Um,
4: but yeah. so I I just pulled up Ronda's cage match. Wow. Holy shit. You know she's worked <laughs> 53 matches this year?
3: Damn.
4: Like um, obviously with house shows and stuff, but like mm. she's working out there
3: yeah.
4: and doesn't look like somebody who's getting regular
2: reps. Uh, in. Uh. She I, I I just think that part of it is that she doesn't look as motivated to yeah, be you there. See she it. just you doesn't look it. as happy to be there. Uh she it just it's not working. I don't know if it's also that she doesn't like the material she's getting to do, but it's just clear something is there's a disconnect. Um it's just not working. And I, I do feel like right after SummerSlam it was getting better. Um, when she was coming and doing what they love to do with her, she comes out there and beats up some security guards, gets mm-hmm. arrested. That stuff was working. But it seemed like right after they turned to heel, it was like right back to back where to we were team. at the beginning of the year.
4: Mm-hmm. And, Jay and, Stone. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was that, This kind of gets back into it, so that's why I wanted to read what Jay Stone said. Yeah. He said, hey, fellas, given the current state of the women's division, what feuds or roles do you see Charlotte coming into once she's back?
2: That. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that Ronda and Shayna is a good pairing by the way. Um mm-hmm. I just think that they haven't hit the they haven't hit the bright spot with it to make it work. As far as Charlotte, I think that I wouldn't have felt this way earlier this year, but SmackDown desperately needs Charlotte. They do. Uh, they do. Um they but it need, feels like she's
4: headed to Raw. I feel like right, she's going that's after the weird thing. I feel like yeah. she's headed for Bianca. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but I I still feel like in general, um I am never again. Becky's going to be on
1: SmackDown too, right?
2: That's what it seems like. Yeah, I think Becky's moving. I'm never against giving people a chance to miss someone. And I definitely think giving Charlotte that time off gave people a chance to appreciate what she brings to the table. I'm not saying everyone feels that way because she's very divisive, but I definitely have been looking around like, yeah, they kind of need Charlotte back. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you're right. I think Charlotte, Bianca makes the most sense. Bianca has been saying for the longest that she wants to beat all four horsewomen. Right. Uh, and she's had a notable feud with the other three. Charlotte's the only one left that she hasn't beat.
1: She's beat two of them at WrestleMania already. So
2: Yeah, and Man. I feel like there's a story in a sense that uh, Charlotte has pretty much created a legacy as Miss WrestleMania. She has, for this era, had the most notable WrestleMania matches. Mm-hmm. But for the past two years, that's been Bianca. Bianca has had yep. the two most impactful Wrestlemania matches over the last two years and so I feel like there's a good story there to put them against each other at Wrestlemania.
4: And that one Raw match they had delivered so that's yeah, the other yeah. thing too is It'll that um, you know they also wrestled in NXT but like I feel like the the Raw match uh, very much delivered um, they went with a non-finish um, that was that one where Bianca was very obviously watching the clock as like oh shit this show is over in 20 <laughs> seconds and I still haven't like hit her with this chair <laughs> so yeah, um, I,
2: I really didn't like that finish, but the match was good.
4: Yeah, the match was good. I think they just both lost track of time. Um, and which,
1: Charlotte gets a lot of heat and shit because she wins a lot, but she's great in the ring. And she can she's, she put she's it together great. every single time that she goes for it. So. Which, um, for those
4: who don't know, by the way, there is a clock under the uh, hard cam, mm-hmm. and all wrestlers can see that. They know their time go home, um, go
1: home. and the referees also saying go home go home yeah go yeah, go ref- okay, yeah ref- go. <laughs> say go home but you can see the
4: seconds counting down to like okay we're hitting the top of the hour mm-hmm. you've got five seconds um now they know they Ooh. and and, and, and they they, that
1: time they're
3: gonna <laughs> and that's
4: out. why that was the hard thing about that match is you kept seeing bianca's eyes cut over but because the, k- the clock is under the hard camera you keep seeing her looking at the hard camera like oh shit we're <laughs> we haven't like hit this dq finish yet and the show is off in ten seconds.
2: Yeah. I mean and that that is the unfortunate thing. I really do like the idea of Rhea Ripley winning the Royal Rumble, but yeah. this is Hollywood and you're getting, you know, two of the biggest right. marquee women you could get for a match at WrestleMania in Hollywood. Charlotte versus Bianca makes more sense. Right.
4: Yeah. No, Rhea's probably happening Rumble. I think yeah. honestly the fact that they're holding off on it, I think Rhea's getting I think Rhea will have a big match. I think she's getting Beth Phoenix. I think the fact that oh, yeah, they right. haven't paid that story off yet. Mm-hmm. I think that is, uh, which is wild to think that that'll have been a year of like Edge and the Judgment Day at that point. Oh <laughs> but...
2: the, the, the forgettable Edge and 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 Beth match at Royal Rumble.
4: Mm-hmm. But now I with think
2: the, with Miz and Maurice, like, oh,
4: I think Rhea gets the title shot at Royal Rumble and then. Beth probably comes back around that time, and then we do Beth versus Rhea so, at WrestleMania. So what's, so what's
2: Edge doing at WrestleMania? Oh, God.
4: I mean, or they do a tag match. I could also see a tag oh, match of, like, no, Rhea no. and Priest versus Edge and Beth. Also, I could see that.
2: Rhea, Rhea and Dom versus Edge and Beth.
3: Oh, yeah.
4: no. <laughs> or all right, I suppose it would make more sense to do Rhea and Finn versus Edge and Beth.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: For
3: WrestleMania.
1: Uh, but, nah, gotta get Edge out of there.
2: Edge is not staying at home, Brian. I'm sorry. He will be there.
1: Oh, yeah, he's definitely gonna be there. In L.A., yeah.
3: WrestleMania? For
4: sure. Uh, let's see. Coffee with Colin says, Hey, guys, love the show. Looking to 2023. What feuds are you looking forward to seeing unfold in any promotion? Kenny uh,
1: and uh, Osprey
4: is uh, I was gonna say, out the, gate the funny thing January. is, that uh feud... um I mean, we've seen pretty much all the feud at this point. Uh, they're still saying you're quiet. By the way, did you? What
1: is going on here? Th- is,
4: are the settings in um, in StreamYard turn off the auto adjust and just turn it all the way up, um, where it says automatically adjust my volume? Um,
2: Hughes oh, in 2023. Guy. I I am looking forward to us um, gotcha. finally getting the singles feud of uh, Swerve versus Keith Lee. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be great. Um,
4: What are you talking about? They're partners. They're tagging at, uh, they're friends. uh, Yeah. They're friends. Sure. They are. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hey, Reg, that's actually perfect. I, I I don't know what guy, how you guys feel, but I think the, the audio was actually really good.
1: Sounds
2: better. I think it was that thing that you were saying. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I I think the elite, uh, getting, getting to do more trios feuds next year is going to be great. I think Mm -hmm. possibly getting elite house of black next year. Sounds really cool. That's great. Um,
4: Oh, Elite House of Black, like, honestly, I think uh, if it were me booking this, um, I would be having these guys, uh, like, having House of Black kind of every single week for the next week, getting just a tad bit closer to the Elite until finally at Match 7 in the Best of 7 series, that's where uh, House of Black finally attacks the Elite. Mm -hmm. Because, like, the fact that they went after Brandon Cutler this week, like... I would do little things here and there to keep getting yep. closer to the elite. Um, um, Don Callis is a...
1: better watch his back. He about to get his ass beat. You better watch every corner you walk around, Don Callis. No house of blast <laughs> after your ass. Um,
2: <laughs> my my dream view for 2023 that I don't know if they're going to do, but they've got to do it because you're running out of time. Give us Oscar versus EO. Come on, stop stop, stop yeah, wasting yeah. time and give us that match. That it should be like the match. have been teasing it a lot. That should be the match you're ready to do by at least, I would say, SummerSlam. Um, Right. Yeah.
1: And Sasha and Jade is going to be great, too. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Mercedes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Mercedes and Jade, that's going to be Yo, (laughs) Mercedes uh, Monet, not Mercedes Martinez. Is that her last name? Mercedes Monet?
4: It's Monet. That's what she's trademarked. Let's go. I
1: can't wait till she shows up. It's going to be great
4: uh let's see d dixie says y'all see the trailer to cocaine bear movie i uh, look i haven't what seen the that? trailer oh exactly what it sounds like uh it is a i think it's a horror film right um but so That's cocaine exactly Bear how it
1: sounds a bear on
3: cocaine
4: yeah so cocaine bear <laughs> is a movie Save that me. um that comes out next year uh, directed by elizabeth banks uh, it is the plot says after a failed drug smuggling operation, a black bear ingests a large amount of cocaine and goes on a drug fueled rampage. That is the the plot of the movie. Um, it it?
1: It, is this going straight to Tubi? This sounds like a Tubi special, right? No, now. no, this it? is getting a full on
4: <laughs> theatrical release. Uh, it's one of the last movies Ray Liotta did. He's actually the star of it. Ray, what
1: <laughs> you? Damn, Ray got his last one in on the cocaine bear. Woo, Good for them.
4: Cocaine bear. I've been Uh, hearing a
1: lot about this online, but I'm like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? What is this cocaine bear? Wait, wait,
4: wait. This is the part I didn't know. Sorry, a headline just popped up from CNN that says, The viral cocaine bear movie is based on a true story um, in which...
2: What? (laughs) What is happening right now?
4: (laughs) They said it's kind of a true story. And that like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what really happened was just, like, the bear got the cocaine and died. Um, uh, but yeah. this is a case of, I think, somebody obviously saw that story and went, nah, wouldn't it be better if the bear got their hands on the cocaine and then just, like, went on a fucking rage?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Haven't seen that trailer, d mm-hmm. Sorry.
4: Uh, I want to watch it, though. It sounds see. interesting. Okay, Joel Wood, I love this. Will usually when you talk about debuts in AEW, you see, you always seem like you're holding back on what you know. So if you had a gun to your head and had to choose today, do you see Sasha returning to WWE AEW or neither? Um, my likely still says WWE. Uh, but you know, I said last week the time to do it was Survivor Series. TD Garden, her hometown, like. She was literally at the TD Garden three nights later uh, watching the Celtics play. Clearly, which, that which is
2: a very intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very
4: clearly a place you can take her and get her. And um, it's a place that's very accessible for her. So the fact that she wasn't there. <laughs> um, and then everything
1: I you don't just know. Said about the rumble, it's like she does doesn't look like she's in the plan. So why would you and don't bring her in cold for Charlotte to throw her over the top rope like that doesn't seem like a great idea.
4: Uh, I was talking to. I did talk to somebody in AEW who does not know, but they did say to me they love it. If she did, and <laughs> that that was it. <laughs> that that was all I got. They were yeah. just like, um, cool. they said, yeah. They were just like, look, if I could have. Sasha on board I would absolutely take Sasha on board are you kidding me there's no question she would make a difference to this division this is somebody in the women's division by the way um but they're like that I'm not saying that as I know Uh, I can just say that I hope (laughs) and that's all yeah Uh,
2: um I don't want to loosely speculate on it because I have been of the opinion that she's going back for the longest but uh this is the most since everything has happened that I'm like I don't know now um and to be honest with you, everything I'm excited for her to do if she comes back to wrestling, I want her to do outside of WWE. Right. I feel like uh, I feel like the feud that I would like to see her do is the Soraya match because Soraya says she wants that match. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought and- you were about to say Kyrie. Yeah, and I feel like if she's doing anything else, I want to see her Wrestling in the Tokyo Dome. I want to see her mm-hmm. do all these other things that I know that she can
4: do. My God, if she showed up January 4th, that would be I'm the crying. most I'm instant. already
2: crying right now. About it. Kyrie, Kyrie beating Tam and holding that title up and the next thing you hear is Monet's
4: music.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing.
3: Yeah, um, that
1: would be great.
4: Yeah, wow. that, that, that's ultimately what I want to see. I want to see her show up January 4th Tokyo Dome. Right after I like the... to think
1: about how the comparing Sasha and Charlotte on their training. They're coming back to training. Char- Charlotte was training with Alba Fire and Zoe Starks, and Sasha's training in Mexico doing lucha libre. Like, think of these things. Like, if you're training to go back to like you don't train to go back to WWE by going to do lucha. You go like get with like Kurt Hawkins and Shawn Michaels or some shit. You know what I mean? So. There's some very interesting developments happening. Yeah. This is very different than a couple months ago. I was like 100% on she's going back, but all the things that she's been doing, I don't know, man. I'm excited. Yeah.
2: I <laughs> People that are like, she, they don't think she's wrestling again. Like, fam, you don't go to Mexico for a month and train. Right. And you're not planning If You to don't get in like that. Right. <laughs> no, she's coming back to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Big facts. And she's been doing some great work
1: out there in Mexico, honestly. I've been watching their little videos, and she's uh, getting her little head scissors off all over there. So I'm excited about wherever she does. Sasha Banks, the greatest WWE women's wrestler of all time. Mercedes. Mercedes. All the Mercedes are cool because I'm super excited about that Athena match. Again, that's going to happen in ROH that we're going to talk about soon.
4: Yeah, Dream Ninja says I see Beth entering the Royal Rumble and eliminating Rhea, leading to Rhea Beth Mm -hmm. at Mania. Did it feel like Jade was teasing Mercedes Monet in her promo again? A lot of people feel that. I don't know. I don't know at all. And uh, whoever there, whoever does know, is definitely playing cards close to the chest. Right.
2: Whoever knows ain't saying shit. (laughs) The connection is there because Mm. bow Wow is very good friends with one Snoop Dogg. Yep. And so connections are there if they want to do it, because you know, if that uh, rumor is true that people weren't happy that Snoop when did a W stuff, it's like, Oh, who could I get to work a proxy for me?
4: Hmm. Uh, and you know, the, um, you know, cause I think about how, You know, Darby told the story of he didn't really know about punk either. He was just kind of pulled aside and when he was told to cut that promo, he was they were like, Make sure you include the line best in the world Mm. and and that like told him in his head like, Oh, I think I know where this is going, but Mm. obviously I'm not supposed to 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 say it. But like cards were very much played close to the chest on that one. Um and, the, the and guys in these streets, the-
1: you can't say anything because somebody will leak that shit. If you say one thing, somebody will find, they'll look for their flight information. They'll find some kind of shit. So you have to play it legit. So close. So close. You can't let anything slip because wrestlers and shit happens so fast. We saw, like, Brian and Funk's yeah. uh, Davies were spoiled. pretty much, You know yeah. what I mean? Like, no one.
4: Oh, no, I am, I am thinking off. in hindsight, by the way. Here's something we haven't th- <laughs> thought about in a while. But thinking about the Elite and CM Punk Heat now Remember when CM Punk was coming in And the Elite were dropping the little hints You know, um, Kenny had the, the Cookie Monster shirt mm-hmm. And like It's Being just the weird elite, the-
1: They were teasing it all, like every episode For a while Fam, the,
2: the 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 episode after he came back And uh, Punk looking back Into Night Gorilla and, and smiling at the Young Bucks As he was walking out Mm-hmm man what a different time like I feel all the time like take me back to that time it's great (laughs) I know
4: it is is very different though because like Matt Jackson used to talk about the fact that you know he had a relationship with CM Punk that he would talk to him and try to get it you know he tried to get Punk to come to ROH in 2017 you know Mm -hmm. and so it is crazy to think that all that shit fell apart um and how yeah. quickly it fell apart. When you see like Punk and Hangman Adam Page, the them tweets at each other like that were all friendly just like earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And uh
2: Definitely saw my guy uh very intentionally uh seem like posting a picture of his dog this week. Mm-hmm. People bit too. They bit. Um yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of any of it, but I do think that uh people Some people that thought I was being biased last week kind of owe me an apology. I'll just say that. Yes.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, we've got, uh, I don't know, as far as apologies owed, who knows yet uh, where things are.
2: I'm just saying, I was I was right about it not being at work. But people were like, "Oh, you just you just you don't like fun. You are just being a party pooper because you were mad that they were trashing Chicago." Blah blah blah. You no, are. that's not what was happening. <laughs> uh,
4: well, let's let's keep it going. Um, we got another one this from. Figure
1: it out. How do I sound? How do I sound? How do I sound? It's, it's popping. popping. Uh, it,
4: it's not. It's not that. It's, it's that it's popping. So. Oh, um,
1: that's weird. Okay. I'm going to be back.
4: Yeah, just, like, give it a refresh. Mm-hmm. Try to send that in a private message, Reginald. I mean,
3: shit, I'm <laughs> dropping out. I might as well
4: let... <laughs> well, either way, we'll keep that there for a sec. Uh, we, you know, you'll know when Reg is back. By,
2: by the way, I also thought this was funny because um, people that are, like... Uh, Man, why don't you just admit you're a, you're a homer, you're Chicago bias. Um, I don't know if people remember this. When we I'm did the bios. I'm Robot
1: Reg. That's hilarious. funny. How's it sound? It pop
4: perfect. Out? That's oh, perfect. Sweet. That's what yeah. I was just saying. All you had to do was refresh. <laughs> I,
2: I, I, don't th- I don't know if people remember. When we did the rollout for this podcast and everybody did our reveals and, you know, it had the bios next to our name with the picture. I am the only person on this podcast who has where they're from in their bio. Right, yeah. no, that's <laughs> that's, the, true. that's
1: Phil's thing. We all know that it's Chicago I, Phil. Like, that's a I thing. don't
2: know how more clear I need to make it that I am a Chicagoan and I am proud of that. Just I check our know.
1: YouTube comments. Somebody's always like, Phil, here he goes again with the Chicago bias.
2: So I don't know how much clearer I need to make that. I don't know why we would think, oh, well you're not upfront with your bias. Like, no, I, I'm pretty upfront with it. I'm wearing a Bulls hat, like, come on. I, I don't know if you knew what I wore to that, that dynamite, by the way. I was wearing a Chicago Bears letterman
4: jacket. <laughs>
1: Chicago
4: hey. Bay Chicago. All right. Uh let's see. We got Dream Ninja says I see Beth entering the Royal Rumble and eliminating Rhea, leading to Rhea Beth at Mania. Did it feel like Jade was T te- oh yeah, we read that one. What am I doing? Oh uh, sorry. Uh Lamora says, I was wondering if you guys knew Omega's involvement with the women's booking. It feels like the Regina D wave match has his fingerprints on it. As Kenny's tried to tell people forever, he has never been the booker. He is is a producer for the women's division, not the booker for the women's division. And so, like, obviously, I think Kenny has a style of match he puts together. And I think it's a really exciting style of match. You know Kenny's matches when you've seen them. Earlier this year, Kenny put together the... um, uh, Riho versus Yuka Sakazaki match. And, like, you just know his style of match. It's, um, it's very kind of balls to the wall, um, action based. It's a Kenny Omega match, but it's usually very action based. So, uh, I can see possibly, maybe not with the booking. I think this is just Tony Khan booking. I think it's Tony Khan looking at, hey, I got more titles here. I want to see him defended. That's what Tony Khan does. He's done that with the, um, the the mixed tag uh, titles from AAA. Like he's done it with the AAA titles themselves. He's got the IWGP tag team titles. If Tony Khan has belts at his disposal, he's going to see them defended on his show. Um, I think that's a very Tony Khan thing. I don't think that has much to do with Kenny, but I could see Kenny being the one agenting that match for sure.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I do chuckle because that, that time period of people... Putting their hand up and going "Not me" with all the women's stuff was very funny because it was like people, people like, "No, it's Brandy," and Brandy is like, "Guys, I don't book the women's division." And people like, "You're a liar." And then Mm -hmm. Kenny would go, "Look, I don't book the women's division." Well, somebody books it. It's one of you guys, and it's like, "No, it's not either of us." There's
1: only one Booker. There's only one Booker in AEW. It's not a bunch of hats. There's one hat that was the Booker. He gets help, but there's only one hat that's booking the show.
4: Right. There's one Booker on the show, and that's it. Um, and it's not T, but, um, <laughs> speaking of which, Booker T is living up to everything I said he was going to be, by the way, as <laughs> on commentary, like the fact that when, um, Dijak showed up and he's like, who? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like Booker, he's been on the show. Like he is kind of NXT royalty in a sense, but, uh, Okay. He's been that, on
1: multiple shows, not just this one. He's been on the main roster. He's been everywhere. Like, if you know, like, you should know. I no, he hasn't. T-Bar
2: has been on the main roster. Although,
3: <laughs>
4: it, I, I do think it's funny, too, that uh, he posted about the fact that, you know, Elon Musk has locked down verified accounts changing their names. And so, and that happened in October. So all them people who changed their names for Halloween are stuck with Halloween names. Like Keith Lee was like, I'm stuck. Spooky Lee. And it's December now. Um, And And, uh, Dominic uh, or sorry, I guess die Jack. He said um, he was like, and I'm stuck with uh, T T-bar. Like, I can't change it. It's he's like, I want to get rid of this name. I can't. So, either way, though, but yeah, uh, it, it's a myth that book, uh, Kenny was ever the booker of the division. Right. Um, yeah. Kenny was the agent of matches, and yeah. I think Kenny did great at that. I think that, uh, you know, I think he gave Penelope Ford her best match, um, which is still the match with uh, with Shida, Um and just the way it was all put together, and... The way like people came out of that going, all right, Penelope 4 might be it, right? Like that was the match that people started saying that she had it was the match with Sheeta. Uh that's just Kenny's style of match. He does his style of match in the women's division and it comes through.
2: Yeah. Yep. Uh wish they um, would let him do more intergender matches, that's all.
4: Yes. And, and honestly, um, you know, now the women's division has a ton of people on the the agenting side. You've got um uh, there's Madison Rain. Um, of course, Dustin has always been. Um, and yeah, now Kennedy's backstage and back in the game, and he can really uh, put things together. Uh, let's see, Devil Kazuya twenty seven says, Did Ray put his tree up too early? And did uh, and Dom did right? I mean, look, I am not a fan of Christmas trees before Thanksgiving. I did mine the day after. My tree is up now.
1: It's all about the days. It's all about the times. It's all about the hours. Yeah, Ray Junior had his up already. It was already in Thanksgiving dinner before Thanksgiving. They was getting all their shit off. I mean, he's a wrestler. He has to prepare to leave somewhere. So I get it. That's all it is.
2: Yeah, Dom wasn't feeling that. He wasn't. Good angle. Uh,
4: Yeah, Chi-Town Spurs says, Sup, guys. Sad U.S. soccer fan checking in from home. Look, U.S. is out. You got to start saying football again. Uh, Wanted to shout out the AEW women's division. Feels more fleshed out right now uh, than it's been in a long time, maybe ever. Willow and Anna killed it Wednesday. Anna stayed very over through that match. That was a thing.
1: Yeah, people showing up to the bar at 6 a.m. for these World Cup matches is crazy. All the bars are advertising, like, pull up at 6 a.m. I'm like, y'all are in there drinking beer at 6 a.m.? That is just...
2: Yeah, I I enjoy every year, uh, every time this stuff comes around, uh, U.S. fans acting like they're these huge soccer fans all of a sudden. (laughs) And then when they lose, it's like, oh, we're losing. No, you're losing to other countries that take soccer more seriously than we do. Exactly. Of course you're losing.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
4: Uh all right. So we got to talk about the biggest story of the week. Regal's going back to WWE. Ooh. Yeah. Um yeah.
1: what happened here? How did it happen so fast?
2: So, I'm confused because we it seemed like we got a correction and then the correction got shut down.
4: Uh yeah, so the initial story came out. Uh there it was reported in numerous places that you know, it looked like Regal's contract was gonna be up. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest red uh, flag for things like this should be when the rumors aren't necessarily coming out of AEW, but they're coming out of WWE. Right. WWE is really where these rumors were coming out of of like, hey, we're getting Regal back. Yeah, um, and it was you know, I look back to Cody and how the rumors of Cody leaving AEW did not come out of AEW. They came out of WWE. And uh, and so that was the big indicator that Cody was jumping ship, was that WWE people were under that impression, not that uh, AEW's people were necessarily. Um, and so as far as Regal was concerned, there were certain things that were being said, like Moxley in that promo last week when he said, I want you to leave and never come back. Ooh, why would he say that? Right. Uh, And then this week, Regal being taken out by MJF. And we'll talk about the promo in just a little bit. But uh, on top of the rumors coming out of WWE camps that Regal seems to be on his way out. And uh, pretty much everybody's reported at this stage that it looks like Regal's contract is up now. Um, Brian Alvarez believes there was some kind of out clause that he had. And, look, Regal's BFF since the 90s has been one Hunter Hurst Helmsley. Um, they, they've they been tight, been thick as thieves since they were both in WCW. And, uh, you know, obviously on screen, Sean has been the person Hunter's most tied to. But behind the scenes, Regal's been the guy Hunter's most tied to. Yep. And, you know, they built NXT together. That NXT was their baby. Um You know, it was a combination of Dusty Hunter and Regal putting all of that together, Mm -hmm. Uh, the NXT as we came to know it, and now that
1: Hunter Triple H's main scout. He was out at all the PWG shows I was at. He was at all the ROH shows. Like he built that brick by brick by walking into these shows and scouting these people, scouting Adam Cole, scouting Kyle O'Reilly, scouting all the Ring of Honor and PWG and indie favorites that you want. Like Regal was a part, Regal was one of the reasons, a huge reason why TakeOver was anything because he went and built what that became. So it was, I'm not surprised that he's going back. And I thought – I find it super interesting that his out is like, no, if my boy becomes the guy, I'm out. <laughs> like, that's a crazy out. <laughs> if my bug gets the job, I'm out of here, you guys. And So, yeah. Developments, man, really fast. I thought this MJF thing was going to play out for a minute, you know. Like, I thought they were going to build upon Regal being the guy, Regal coming. But his – um, his – uh. The way that regal's regal's whole demeanor the last couple of weeks has been kind of weird and interesting in his energy so it, it, this kind of actually makes a lot of sense because he's been kind of subdued the last four five six weeks or something so makes sense
2: yeah um Yeah, I don't know what to make of this. I've enjoyed uh, Regal a lot as an on-air personality, more than I've enjoyed him for the past few years as an on-air personality. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the stuff he's done character-wise is great. I think him on commentary is always good. Um, But if you are teasing me with the idea of him going back and helping to make NXT special again, I'll take it.
4: I, yeah, I mean, I want Regal to do what Regal wants to do. um, And I think... Helping build the Hunter Empire is obviously, um, I think, the thing that means more to him than anything.
3: Yeah.
4: Uh, yeah. Because yeah, again, I, th- they they've been right hands. It's it's been the two of them together for for many many years, and so uh, I think the thing that's like really throwing me is just how much. Uh, Regal stuff is such a has such a stamp on AEW television right now Mm -hmm. that look I think Regal was the the nine months he's been in AEW did so much for so many people Wheeler Yuta would not be Wheeler Yuta without this year he's had Mm -hmm. Wheeler Yuta uh, was tied to best friends and kind of a loser and what regal's presence did for wheeler Yuta changed everything for him um and so you can't say that he didn't add anything to television blackpool combat club was was massive for is the most popular faction that aew's had as uh, for babyfaces it's been a big thing for everybody uh so there's no denying what that faction did for everyone involved i do wish if you told me you were only going to get nine months and like Eight of those nine months were spent with Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh. Um, I would have been like, okay, that's a bad idea. Uh, stop. But otherwise, I think Regal's been great for TV. It's interesting because, like, we still don't have a release date on the AEW video game. I just I've heard a couple of dates um, recently. I want to do a little more confirming before I post anything about that. Obviously, I posted some details about um, this week. I confirmed the rating because uh, there were some rumors out there that the game was going to be M for Mature because it had, uh, it, and somebody speculated, well, yeah, because it's got intergender matches and blood. And I thought, that ain't an M rating. You can, mm-hmm. Street Fighter literally has the intergender fighting. Um, as a matter of fact, most video games where there's fighting allow women to fight men. That's just been video games forever. Uh, And I don't think that has anything... I think you get away with E for everyone Mm -hmm. um, with women fighting men. That doesn't matter. Uh, And even the blood. Blood doesn't necessarily... People think the blood is what got Mortal Kombat, the M rating back in the day, or was what led to the ESRB. No, it was ripping off people's motherfucking heads. Mm -hmm. Like, blood is a thing that happens. We know you bleed, but... Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, when you are ripping hearts out and knocking heads off, that's the M rating. Uh, the, the general idea is that an M rating um, has to deal with either language, uh, drug use, or the death of human beings at the hands of the player. And uh, a good example of that is that Halo. Halos one through four were all M rated Halo 5 is T-rated. And the difference was that in Halo 5 you could not kill your teammates. And that little change was enough to be like, okay, this is now a T-rated game because uh, there's no way to kill a human in Halo 5. Um, and that's that's basically it. It has to be it has to specifically be at the hands of the player um, if a human if the violence results in a human's death. But like Thumbtack matches—that's going to be a T rating, guaranteed. Uh, And so I I, I was head scratching my head at that, and uh, I had tweeted that I didn't believe the M rating thing was true. And then AEW actually reached out to me and was like, "Yeah, that's because it's not." And um, they said the game's rated T for teen, and uh, that we got a little—I mean, I got a little more detail as I did some digging around. And uh, about how the game is, that the ESRB stuff was all submitted back in September. Which totally makes sense when you think about um, all the music stuff that we did. um, Which was specifically cited for ESRB purposes. Um, But what I was told on that side of the game and... What this means, and shout out to uh, Sportskeeda for their report on CM Punk remaining in the game. What I was told in that regard is that once you have your ESRB rating, once you're rated T for Teen, you cannot, without having to submit for recertification, you cannot touch the content of the game that everything else has to be technical you can tweak gameplay you can you know obviously fix bugs glitches all of that stuff but the content is locked with the esrb rating and so what that means right now is that the roster is what it is the um music in the game is all what it is the attire all of that is all what it is because if they make any changes to that now, that has to go back through ESRB certification. So we at least know the game is that far along. I'm saying all this to say that, does anybody remember when those videos came out and uh, the tutorial of the game was all narrated by William Regal? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole tutorial of the game, all of the, the everything you do as far as um, the instructions All of that in the game is all narrated by William Regal. They were kind of in on the idea that, you know, of course that makes sense. He's Blackpool Combat Club. He is kind of a mentor to so many people. Why wouldn't he be the mentor to you as the player of this game? And just thinking about the fact that by the time this game launches, he could be well back in WWE. (laughs) And uh, that's just kind of bizarre to think about. Punk is remaining in the game. Cody is remaining in the game. Nobody's being removed from the game chat. Um... Because it just altering the content, removing things too. It's the same deal. Your content is what it is once you've submitted for ESRB. You can't touch the content without having to go back through certification. They have their T rating. It's there. Don't touch content. You can touch gameplay. You can you can tweak how, you know, obviously things are going to work. And I think that's the stuff they're working on still is the mechanics and still working on the, the technical aspects of the game. But the content is locked
2: yeah um no he's had a huge impact on aw for less than a year it doesn't seem like it's been less than a year um but i am a big believer in letting people do what they want with their career if he wants to be in wwe if that's where he feels like he will make a better uh, uh contribution and other things that's his decision and if that's what he wants to do great um never gonna dump on anybody making decisions that they feel are best for them um and I can't say that it's not going to be good for NXT because I feel like NXT has definitely been missing something without him. So I don't, I'm not really sweating it. Um, I, and I think we got a good run with him in AEW. I, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed everything he's done. I think it said everything that he was willing to um, put o- put another guy over in a sense, and and Max, and give Max a good uh, a good story on the way out. So. No, nothing really here to be upset about. It. I don't understand people that are upset about it. Yeah,
4: um, I I can't see being upset about that. Uh, I, I did raise eyebrows when Hunter posted that War Games post, uh, and that my immediate thought was something's up. Uh, Hunter, I Hunter being messy. Yeah, when he tweeted that, I was like, something's up. Uh, I don't think this is nothing. Nothing in wrestling is ever nothing and where people are like, oh, he's just, you know, giving a shout out to a friend. I thought, uh, giving a shout out to a friend while there's rumors going around that he's leaving. I don't think so. I think there's something to this. He don't
2: give shout outs to nobody else that don't work there. Exactly. Mm
1: -hmm. He's not going to shout out a random person in another company just because, yeah, that's crazy.
4: Speaking of shouting out people in random companies, I got to talk about this. Cause I am shocked nobody else has picked up on it. You know what I'm about to bring up. But um Top Dollar dropped a rap this week. Uh he dropped a brand new rap. Um, and I feel like it's flown completely under the radar. Uh not so much the rap itself, you know, Sean Ross Sap shared it. But
1: Sean Rossap is in the video.
4: Sean Rossap is in the video. It's it's got clips from when Sean interviewed Top Dollar. But it feels like, I was looking through the comments, nobody seems to be noticing that um, he seems to be uh, dropping some disses at a former Hit Row member. So, um, yeah, I I don't know how that got missed, but that's definitely uh, there, I thought. I just Whoa, thought it was interesting
1: uh, what's going on here why is this happening
2: um yeah i don't I don't know what to make of that I don't it's again one of those things where you know if this isn't gonna lead to anything why do it yeah um, i don't I don't really get it uh but hey it never your out, friend I don't know if do you think that that uh, helps get away from the idea that hit row needed him um I don't know Maybe he didn't like some of that. Maybe he didn't like some of the talk that Hit Row needs a leader and he doesn't feel like he's the leader. Swerve always felt like he was the leader. Maybe he feels resentment towards that. I don't know. Um, I don't know what sparked this, uh, but I was definitely sitting there looking like, yeah, some of these bars definitely feel like they're directed as well. Oh, oh yeah.
4: No, there's no question. I I have zero question that they are. My thing is um, I'm just kind of curious what's up Um, and... I, and the, the reason I say that was because like, up? so we had Swerve on this show um, right after yeah. Hit Row debuted, uh, redebuted in WWE, um, and one of the things that Swerve talked about uh, was, you know, he gave them their props and gave them, um, he was publicly very supportive of uh, Hit Row going back to WWE, and talked about it like he was proud of him so i am curious what motivated the other side of that for hit row to uh and i won't say hit row um because it's uh it doesn't include um uh shanti and it doesn't include uh this is strictly a top dollar thing but he he did there's no question so uh
2: bad no um Hey, like both of those guys, so... I don't, you know... It's what it is.
1: I Were they on the show last night, Hit Row? On SmackDown? Yeah. When were they the last time they were on the show? I don't understand why this is happening, bro. Like, this is... It doesn't... Like, you, you'd you have to, like... Be successful at your return for you to talk this shit. And it's like... I, it doesn't, like... No one wants this. Just like everybody be cool and everybody be because like it's been bad. Like you guys are rhyming with Veer and Shanky, bro. Like it's like
2: <laughs> Um
1: You have more money, like that's not a thing, man. Yeah, you once,
2: you once you once you start going to the money thing, you lost. I'm saying.
3: Yeah. I said so. the,
2: you know, Rollins is my guy. I said the same thing with Rollins when he was doing after Once you start talking about well, I got more money than you, you lost.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And again I, I I guess like publicly there's no like I don't know it, it it's definitely a one direction feud publicly um cuz I don't know I don't think this is my theory though I don't think that Swerve's going to uh, acknowledge this no. um but
2: no nah, I don't see him rap he cuz he doesn't really move like that so I don't see right. him I don't see him rapping back and he he makes a lot of his music about not Non wrestling stuff, so why would he start rapping about a wrestler? I don't see that happening. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I just don't, yeah, see
1: no, I, I agree. Yeah,
4: I, I, uh, um, better be
1: beefing with Max Caster if you're trying to get some raps back, he'll rap back at you. And I see somebody in the back. chat
4: said, Unless Swerve is headed back to WWE, I could tell you he's not. Mm-hmm. He's he's signed to AEW for nah. quite some time, and like he he's not joking when he says that he's he's happy there, like that's not a patronizing thing, like he's. Um, very happy with the direction he's gotten to take his character and the work he gets to do. He's, I mean, that guy is going out there having the time of his life, getting to work Revolver, getting to work Defy. You know, he's got uh, gold draped around his shoulders. He is shout out to my um, homies in
1: Brain Slam. He seems to be pretty connected to them out in L.A. He just had had a match with Commander a couple weeks ago at Complex Con. So yeah, he's doing a lot, dude. He's doing a lot.
2: Fab. What What would make you look at what swerve is doing right now and look at wwe and say he wants to go back there this guy was just on tv with rick ross a few weeks ago he ain't going back there bro
4: yeah and that that was was the the, you know when i wasn't sure by the way of the lines uh like i'm like these sound like a diss at swerve and then uh when i first heard the the top dollar rap and then he mentioned the cameos and i was like okay it is um i'm like that's the one
2: yeah and And, man, uh he and yeah,
4: he was, the,
2: he was one of the funniest parts of Rampage last night. Sliding into mm-hmm. that segment mm-hmm. was hilarious. Yeah,
4: and, and hey, you know, that was a thing that a lot of people were wondering, you know, given the year that Shane Taylor and Shane Taylor Promotions had. Um, last year in the final year of Ring of Honor, uh, there was a big question of uh, how they not been brought back in yet. Um, and they're working the pay-per-view.
2: Yeah, uh, no, I think it's great. Um, I was very surprised to see Shane Taylor. Um,
4: How did that not leak at all? I didn't I know, see right? it. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that's what I was
2: thinking, too. Yeah, I, I thought that segment was great. I think them um, tying it back to uh, Ring of Honor continuity with uh, Keith Lee is smart. Um, man, and I, it seems like this uh, pay-per-view is really building up because they didn't have a lot of this stuff announced before this week, and now this is looking like kind of a stacked card. It is. They started
1: bringing it out i'm super happy for shane taylor like he he didn't get immediately brought in with the rest of the roh guys but he went out there and did his thing he was out in texas having some great runs he had some championships and he knew that if he worked hard enough he'd get back to it so i think he's going to make a big impression at the pay-per-view i'm excited to see him versus keith lee because they have so much history and i'm excited to see what kind of shenanigans swerve gets in over there And, and jd griffey's a a big part of all of their you know the keith and and Shane, like they, they all came up in the business together. So this is going to be a big, important match for all of them. It's exciting.
4: Yeah. I honestly, um, I think, you know, if Ring of Honor is going to get its whatever show it's getting soon enough, um, then one of the things that I, I kind of find myself looking forward to is, uh, the fact that, it seems like a lot of Ring of Honor continuity is being kind of picked up on from last time. Like, it's. Uh, I, I feel like bringing in Shane Taylor Promotions is kind of a good sign of the fact that something is going to be happening soon enough with mm-hmm. uh, the Ring of Honor being kind of kicked back off and just picking up where they left off. Because also, uh, the. The kingdom is back in in play as right. well. You know they're they're signed, um, and they're signed we, for. What are they doing? We haven't seen them on TV in a minute. Well, gee, uh, if you didn't notice uh, this week, a certain match was made for the D- AEW World Tag Team Titles, in ah. which FTR is going to be facing the Acclaimed. And if I didn't know any better, I would think that. Uh, uh, yeah i i would think some shenanigans with the kingdom who when they were last seen made a declaration that they want the roh tag titles back i would Mm. bet you between now and uh next saturday it is somehow on the card ftr facing off with the kingdom at final battle makes sense And I see people saying, like, it's going to be the Aspods. They ain't got shit to do with Ring of Honor. I think that's all happening on... I think it's just going to play out in AEW. But uh, I think FTR versus the Kingdom is my theory on what match they end up doing. And I think that... Yeah, we'll we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, But, yeah, the card is coming together i think it is going to be an entertaining card um i think it all came together like very quickly but you know because even juice robinson versus samoa joe like samoa joe is about to have a week ahead of him where he's got darby this wednesday he also just had ar fox that match was very short but it it slapped um and yeah he's going to be facing juice robinson
2: rock hard juice robinson yes coming in hot to face the true king of television that was a hard line like no. joe is just so great when he's back to being arrogant joe and and when he has reason to be arrogant him strutting down with both of those belts over his shoulders mm-hmm. was just excellent um yeah looking forward to more joe shenanigans mm-hmm. yes and
1: i think all of his matches go- moving forward are gonna be this length. so somebody was saying on twitter like well all of his matches are short he's uh, like th- he's making a different transition we're not gonna see a 60 minute time limit match from joe anymore not how he's going to work he's going to get in there throw them things somebody else going to throw them things and the match is going to be over and it's going to be great I love everything that Samoa Joe's doing right now super excited to see him and Juice Robinson that's going to be a dope match
4: Yeah, Uh, and and Juice Robinson by the way um, he's been signed a minute so uh, (laughs) there's been a uh, I was asking myself the question of when does he like kind of start to assimilate into things Um, and you know I've even personally seen Juice Robinson and Tony Storm at TV together um they are married for those who aren't aware i wonder Uh, are they gonna put
1: bandito on this card before it kicks off because he signed too yeah
4: i could see that uh so we will we'll see but at the moment you know juice robinson and samoa joe is 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 the match um and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the card uh next week but yeah it seems like the show is very much coming together Um, It's going to be a whole day of wrestling next week because uh, we got the Ring of Honor show in the afternoon. And then immediately after is NXT deadline. And so pretty much next Saturday, it's going to be we do a podcast. As soon as you guys are done, we get to watch uh, Death, or not Death of Honor, Final Battle, and then um, deadline. It's all going to be back to back to back. Oh. and my kids have eye exams that day we're oh. not gonna find time for all this shit? come on uh,
2: <laughs> come on real life we're trying to watch some wrestling yeah um i don't know if we got totally into that mjf segment but that was incredible tv mm-hmm. um i was sitting back every time i want to hate on this guy because i was i was definitely sitting there like this this guy comes out strutting into indiana duck that smoke from the chicago crowd <laughs> and <laughs> came out there and the the promo at first was starting so i was like all right where are you going with this you're doing a lot of capping talking about you're better than brian i was like he ain't better than brian mm-hmm. the devil is a lie uh mm-hmm. shout to ross nah I, i'm not <laughs> i'm not buying that um it, but the more this thing went on i was like this guy's good because i kept picking up on all the subtle things he was doing i was like this guy's good man all of the subtle jabs at brian before he got the sneaker in there Calling the crowd fickle, just like mm-hmm. Brian did. Unveiling the belt, just like Brian did as, as as Planet's champion, and all of that stuff was great. And then paying off the opening segment from last week because I was not a big fan of the opening segment from last week. And finding a way to pay that off this week was very good. Um, cracking Regal on the back of the head, just like Regal told him to do.
4: Mm-hmm. That that was out. the most subtle thing to me was that yeah, when Regal said to MJF he turned his back to him and told him to hit me and he didn't and you know Regal got the cockily walk away. Now, that's what I thought. And sure enough, that was exactly how MJF took him out.
1: I love that um, Regal saved his one bump in the whole company for this moment. That's what you call fucking build up
2: and pay off right there. Great, great stuff. Him him using the lines from the email over again. Because cause that was one of the things from this segment at the beginning. When he wrote, read the email, I thought the email was going to be something more like the the voicemail that we got it all out. And I was like, okay, the, the voice, the email reveal wasn't that great, but that was, that's because it wasn't the email reveal. It was the <laughs> real email at the end of getting a stinger of him repeating back to him what he told him. Um, I thought all of all this segment was great. And I feel like AWTV for most of this year is just better with max on it.
3: It is.
4: You know what though? Philip, I'm going to disagree with you just slightly yeah I didn't like this segment that much um i I like the ending of it, but I felt like and maybe it was just a timing thing because it you know the the cracking of um William Regal took place right at the top of the hour, and I felt like Max was talking in circles for quite some time. It felt like he went out there for a long time and just um there was a moment where I started looking at my watch like, all right, are you going somewhere with any of this? Cause you just keep like doing d- max stuff. And uh, I started to get a little taken out of the segment. I'm glad the the ending brought it back around. I thought that the, him cracking Regal over the, the shoulder and, um, you know, implied he hit him in the skull with the knucks uh, and reading the email. That was great stuff. But I, I thought you could have cut this in half and gotten the, gotten things across i just felt like it was dragging for a minute and i just thought what is he doing it and i literally thought he was stalling for the top of the hour (laughs) uh because i think he was probably told you know we need them channel flippers to stop on this regal stuff so you need to make sure that this happens right at the top of the hour and of course as i mentioned that clock right under the, the art cam so luckily when you're cutting them promos you can see when this needs to happen um yeah, that's how it felt to me. I I was a little worried at first because I thought that um, MJF has had some of the best promo material this year. Uh, I thought that, you know, the promo in um, L.A. at the, the forum, um, you know, that's considered one of the best promos this year with him basically taking down Tony Khan. The stuff he did with, him, with CM Punk, um, that was actually last year. But even still, in uh, the promo with Regal this year... Uh, and him slicing into Regal with the email, I liked all of that stuff. I thought some of what he was doing here, I didn't like the explanation for the um, for the firm. I didn't like any of that uh, because
2: it was a lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> gonna go out and say it. It was yeah. a lie. I think that I think that he set up the firm stuff because there was a key line in this that made me feel like it was a lie um, from the email when Regal was saying that he felt like when he saw him get beat up with the firm, that was the thing that convinced him to join him. That's because he set him up. Mm
4: -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can see that too. Either way, I just thought, oh man, this is a lot of exposition for uh, a guy who is such a great promo. I actually wasn't feeling this terribly much until he hit Regal. And then I thought, okay, he brought it back around. At least there was a payoff to it because had this just been... Like, had he just gotten out of the ring, I would have been like, that was an incredible waste of time. And your reign is off to kind of a wax start. And then he brought it around. Um, And I'm glad he brought it around because I thought that the sell was really good. I thought uh, Regal's selling was excellent. He sold that shit like he was dead. I thought Brian, um, looking, you know, wearing one shoe. Like, uh, you know, I wasn't even done getting dressed when I saw what happened to Regal. I thought Brian was great here. I thought commentary. This was... Tony Schiavone's, like, almost career best call um, of uh, just how despicable despicable he found all of this. Excalibur in the way that when Regal first came out, Excalibur was selling this, like, this disgusting human. But then even Excalibur's like, oh, shit, I didn't want to see that happen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, that yeah. all of that I thought was great stuff. I thought all the surrounding elements, I feel like I would have wanted to see a better opening promo from Maxwell and I'm hoping that we get that now this week because we did get another we hear from MJF graphic this week so
2: yeah um the Max stuff is so smart because not only I don't know if you guys remember this not only did he get Regal to flip on him he kind of is slowly got Yuta to flip on Brian as well some of the dissension with Mm. Yuta and Brian is because of the stuff with MJF Mm -hmm. um and so no, I think the firm stuff is very intentional. I think the other tale is uh, Ethan coming out and doing his promo and complimenting Max. Why would he compliment him if if a week, few weeks ago they beat him up? They beat him up. No, I think that they're still working together, and I think the build to this is Brian, of course, coming out and thinking he's going to have a one-on-one match and firm coming out and jumping him. Um,
4: uh, I, I also... I don't like the bidding war of twenty twenty four stuff, and oh, yeah. yeah, I'm over it. Uh, it was maybe cute in the Wardlow feud, that was all the way back in April, uh, and I just feel like like if we're if,
1: about to have a whole year of this, I can't.
4: I can't. But can't. You're, yeah. you're supposed to hate it, and I think it's I know, get but more, not, more annoying. It, I don't uh, hate it in like a. I hate this wrestler kind of way, like, it may, maybe, you know, who cares? It's wrestling. I'm supposed to hate it, I guess, but it's just, it's like channel changing hate. It's not to me, like somebody I want to see get their comeuppance. I want to.
2: Yeah. I I feel like it's, I feel like that's one of those things we got to give some months because I feel like the, the bidding war thing is going to get more and more intense by the time 2024 is over because right now it's like oh you're not going anywhere you're you're great where you are they're not gonna let you do what you're doing here there it doesn't feel believable um but i think the further we get into his reign and the more we want people to beat him the more it's gonna work
4: i hope so uh i just i don't know i Um,
2: think I think his plan coming back was masterful, especially because he had to change it too mm -hmm. um, and and essentially target uh, Blackpool Combat Club instead of Punk. And I think the way that he's changed it and essentially destroyed Blackpool Combat Club from the inside out, Mm -hmm. I think all of this stuff was masterful.
3: Yeah,
4: yeah, I, I think it could turn out good. I just, the segment for me dragged until he turned and that was my only thing uh let's see so that uh what else happened this week did we really uh, talk about everything <laughs> did we hit all the uh, all the the i mean we haven't really talked a whole lot about survivor series and i reviewed survivor series on uh fightful me and denise um we need a name for that team Um, But either way, me and Denise, we reviewed uh, Survivor Series this week. The uh, review got some good feedback. Um, Denise was a lot harder on war games than I was, but I get her complaints about it. I do understand the complaint that Survivor Series, uh, specifically the war games in WWE, is very tame, that it's very produced, that... uh, WWE's biggest fault in War Games and the entire time they've been producing it is that uh, it's being produced for the cameras and not for the crowd. Mm-hmm. And when you go back and watch, you know, War Games 92, I just watched War Games 92, it's still just a crazy, crazy time. And part of what makes that match so good. Is that the crowd is just screaming their heads off the entire time. Every single thing that happens, they're just going crazy. But a big piece of it is that it's because, you know, we were there for Anarchy in the arena. And like that crowd never died down for Anarchy in the arena because everywhere the crowd looked, some shit was going down. And so everybody's just screaming their heads off. And that's kind of the way War Games was initially, was like we've got all of this stuff happening around the ring. Everywhere you look, it's chaos, it's It's war. war. It's war, right? But like the WWE War Games is very spot, stop what you're doing so that we can move to this next spot. And everybody is just on the ground stopping what they're doing uh, or just like kind of casually brawling with each other. But they're all aware that they're on camera. And uh, it's not so much about just kind of a big ass war brawl and cameras just catching whatever they can. It in WWE's war games is very produced. It's very spot. All these guys lay on the ground for two minutes while these next guys do the next thing and they're going to stay and sell for the next two minutes. And then it's like just moving between the match um, all throughout. And I definitely doesn't feel like war per se that's not to say it's bad you have to recognize that that's just how wwe does things that's how money the bank works that's how a lot of these things work they're producing it as as a tv show and as a tv show they feel that things you should be focused on what's happening on camera and what's happening in the background doesn't matter so just stop (laughs) um
2: i i am going to i don't know if this is an unpopular opinion i think survivor series was probably the second best wwe pay-per-view this year um i think this is the closest we've gotten to a main roster takeover not in the sense that the matches are as good but just the way that the pay-per-view was built um the all of the backstage segments led up to the main event and all of the story stuff in the backstage segments got the payoff in the main event in the same way that a takeover would um the matches were even the war game matches were very takeover-esque um i really enjoyed this pay-per-view um i thought that the Finn-AJ match was very good. I thought that triple threat match was incredible. Um, stop sleeping on Rollins. This guy delivers every time. Um, I thought this was probably one of the best showings we've seen from Theory all year. Um, the only dud on this card was the Shotzi and Ronda match. Um, other than that, the rest of this pay-per-view was very good. I thought the payoff of the women's war game match being that uh, what do you call it? That uh, the, the stare down from SummerSlam led to this. I thought the way that they ended this match, yes, it made damage control look like big losers, but it was a great way to pay off uh, Bianca's Bianca's teaming with uh, Becky and Becky's turn. Um, I thought that was the right way to end the match with the two of them standing strong. And I thought everything we got in men's war uh, games match was great story-wise. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good pay-per-view.
3: I agree with that.
4: Um, like, I thought it was a good pay-per-view. I don't have any beef with the pay-per-view whatsoever. I think that, uh, like I said, my general complaint was more around the... Uh, again, I it's... If you grew up with war games, if you've seen other war games, if you've seen the way that this match has been done before, or um, WWE just feels really tame. And it's... I'm not yeah. one of those and I'm, I'm not just... guys. It's like everything needs blood, but I do feel like something like war games definitely needs to have some lingering effects to feel like we are here at war. This is two teams. I feel like WWE had one of the best buildups for a war games match. I feel like they everything felt like this was the time for war, but I just um, I can agree with with what Denise was saying that it yeah it doesn't feel as I don't know. I think there I went was, robo. It was, there's, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah.
2: I. I yeah. The I think I, I didn't disagree. like about
1: it is there's no fucking stakes throughout the whole pay-per-view. There's not like nobody's fighting for anything. It's just like we're here. It doesn't matter. There's matches. They they put together the war games uh, teams as just like okay these guys are all here at the same time, but it's like nothing. Nobody's fighting for anything. Roman just has his belt. No one's trying to get his belt. Like in the women's match too, it's just like everybody's doing spots. But what's the purpose of any of this? What is any of this leading to? Like, if if the the team beats Bianca, does somebody get a title match? Does like there's no stakes at all? It's just like a show. It's just like a, a, a overproduced extra raw to me. Like it didn't feel like. Like that's how a lot of their PLEs have felt. It's like it doesn't feel important <laughs> anymore. It just feels like you
3: know what? Uh, it's
4: a. I, you know, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Phil. PLE has grown on me I will say premium yeah, live yeah, event it,
1: It's not that bad <laughs>
4: It's not you that know, bad I know earlier this year I was like no, uh It sounds it's goofy to me Corporate <laughs> jargon And uh Nope it, I'm actually like It still sounds goofy it's to me It's okay um,
2: Yeah it's not that bad the, anymore the, the thing that I will agree with you on Is the stakes thing But I will say That this was an improvement Over brand warfare And Survivor Series Of the past few years And I think that's why I enjoyed it so much Is this felt fresh This felt like something different It did um, I feel like like this is the most it felt like something unique to uh Triple H's regime. Yeah, this has was felt a triple since H show for sure. This was definitely yeah. a Triple H production, and mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that about the show. Um I think the stakes stuff is because um what I keep saying is the issue with WWE right now is that you can't build stakes as long as you've told your audience in so many words that we don't want Roman to lose. Right. And so as long as you've done that, you're not gonna build contenders for this guy that feel believable. You're not building any real rivalries for him because you're not allowing anybody to feel like they're on equal footing with him. And I feel like that's the biggest problem with a lot of the programming right now is that Roman is just kind of like the shadow that looms over everything and not in a great way. I feel like it was in a great way at one point, but now it just feels like in some ways it's hindering a lot of people's characters. Like I but said, I,
1: if Sami Zayn or Jay Uso doesn't beat you, like who's who are you setting up for? Because it feels like you're setting those two guys up to be the one that are going mean, to beat you, and they're not going to be the ones to beat you, so I don't
2: really understand no, this. No, I, I feel like, if anything, it's setting Sheamus up to be a challenger at Royal Rumble, but Sheamus ain't going to beat him. Um, yeah. So it is what it is. I, I think all of the things that Will and Denise are saying about the war game stuff is right. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. I still mm-hmm. enjoyed the show because I have pretty much made up my mind at this point that wwe is what it is it's right it's going to be overproduced produced mm-hmm. everything they do is overproduced so i feel like you gotta accept that coming in now like it's not gonna it's not gonna be anything that we see at other places it's not gonna be like gcw death matches it's not gonna be mm-hmm. you know blood and guts it's gonna be their brand of wrestling and i feel like either you either you either you like that or you don't um and, i guess the
4: only reason i i'm like uh, it's not that I don't like that. It's more so that, yeah, you are capitalizing on a name that was built right. off of one of the like most intense, bloody rivalry matches of all time. Like War Games is again, if you've never seen War Games '92, it's from WrestleWar in 1992. It was Sting Squadron versus um, Paulie's Dangerous Alliance, and uh, it's a match that you know a lot of people consider one of the greatest. Dave Meltzer gave it five stars. It's it's a Uh, But part of what delivered about that match was just, again, that Jacksonville crowd is just going nuts the whole time. Yeah, I
2: I think that's one of the things WWE is still missing. I do think that in some ways their product is better, but their crowd is just sleepy Mm. time during most of their Mm. stuff. Like even watching SmackDown last night Mm -hmm. and Santos and Ricochet are giving it up and that crowd is giving them nothing, man. Right. And I feel like that is that still the thing AEW has over WWE is that their crowd adds so much to the viewing experience that WWE crowds don't. It's yeah, I think it. it's
1: the same Roman thing is like, because when Roman came yeah. out at uh, Survivor Series, it was lit. Like the crowd was they were ready they were on fire but it's just not not like that for anybody
2: else (laughs) but but see that's what made clash the best pay-per-view of the year as well because that crowd was amazing and i feel like we haven't gotten a crowd that good at a u.s pay-per-view all year
4: right oh no just another vince was right thing because like vince for the last year was doing them fake crowd reactions and Uh, it was making the no 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 no, no. just hold on hold on hold on hold on oh I'm halfway joking when I say this. Uh, And by halfway, I mean, like, 80%. Um, (laughs) But Vince was doing those fake crowd reactions pretty much from the time they went back on the road. So everything felt like it was, like, almost unnecessarily hot, right? Where they had, like, Jackson Riker coming out. The crowd's like, yeah! And you're like, but you can, like, visibly see them, like, not moving. Um, And... Hunter's one of his first moves out of the gate was, like, not doing the fake crowd reactions, especially during matches. Like, he kind of yeah. came back on it and was like, okay, some things were... Like, at Survivor Series, they they were using the crowd track for um, Ronda versus Shotzi. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like they heard those We Want Sasha chants and were like, nope, get them fake crowd reactions on. Get that and you out get, of here. <laughs> yeah, you hear the crowd suddenly turn down, and all of a sudden, it just sounds like the Thunderdome again. Right, uh, yeah. But the... I guess all I'm saying to say here is that Hunter, I think is of the mentality of trust the crowd, that if you as a worker, aren't getting over with the crowd, that's on you. That's on what we're producing. If right. it's right. not winning the crowd reactions, it shouldn't be on us to make that sound happen. Whereas Vince was like, fuck them fans. Like mm-hmm. you're just there for the visual. I will make the sound myself. Yeah. and That's, uh, that's a
2: very it, worker's philosophy. And so you know, Vince's thing is, we'll tell you what to like. It, right. it yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, we tell you what to like. We are the main event here. We don't care what you think. Um, <laughs> right. and the it is, still, and the like, it's, still it's, feels it's, like that, I think. And, but, it's, right, it's, it's, but dinosaurs. it's the we, we say so corporation. Right, and the, and the hard
4: <laughs> thing for me though is that uh, lately Reaction the crowds have not been great at WWE shows. And I'm like is is this the product of Vince conditioning people to it doesn't really matter what you guys react to. That's what it is. We had the we put the sounds in there for you. Or is it like I'm not sure what the change is, but I know Hunter would rather have the crowd making some noise, but I think he's also the philosophy of, but you as workers, it's your job to get them there. It's not our job to produce that sound for because you. Because
1: last night's a perfect example. Santos and Ricochet were going ham. They're giving crowds everything that they should be popping for, it, and the crowd's not popping. They so there's something they, else going on they here, You They weren't going, going mean? for it.
2: And, and I don't want people to get this wrong, because I already saw that in our chat, that we're blaming crowds. I'm not blaming the crowd No, no, because no. Ultimately, I feel like a part of the reason why the crowd wasn't into that main event is because some of the stuff on SmackDown just wasn't that good. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think if you put a good product in front of crowds, crowds will pop. But I do think that the energy around AEW and how they play to their crowd is just so different than what's happening at WWE. And I think that that's something WWE hasn't figured out under Triple H yet. They haven't figured out how to encapsulate that same energy you get out of, say, a Full sale crowd. Like, That's what just, I was
4: gonna say. I think Hunter knows the Full sale crowd really well, and he knows how yeah. to pop that crowd. And I think even he knew uh, more so than the Full sale crowd, I think he knows how to pop the Takeover crowd in general. Cause mm, like, yeah. he knew how to get, and the problem is those Takeover crowds were in these same arenas, right? Yep. Um, so they were big arena crowds. It's not like he was working a room of 300 people like at the, the Performance Center right now. Mm. But like, you know, he was, these were crowds of thousands. And he knew how to get those pops out of him. Um, I think he's still struggling with. He's like doing the type of content he would have done at NXT, but he's not quite eliciting the reactions he would have gotten at NXT. And I'm curious how he gets that because, yeah, that's the only thing I feel like is really, really hurting right now. Is um, I can. And you they're not almost small set...
1: crowds either. They're putting 7, no. They're 000, selling. That, se- that, that, like, that's, that's selling.
4: That's the thing I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. Uh, on paper, you look at it and you would think between it anything you would look at. Um, here's a good example: SmackDown was in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, AEW obviously just recently ran Buffalo. That this exact same arena you had that was the night that West Side Gun performed. Mm. It's exact. Same arena, exact same crowd. Now, granted, neither show really sold that well. Both shows, the upper decks were closed, um, both SmackDown and AEW. But at the same time, you could hear a difference uh, between, uh, again, uh, I I don't think it's the exact same people. But just uh, knowing what you're doing for the Buffalo crowd, um, it's a difference in sound. And I'm curious how you fix that. But we know what else I'm curious about. I don't have a proper transition for that. But what I was going to say, no, actually, what I was going to say more so than anything was um, last week we did this show. Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? Of course you did. But you might be um, feeling a certain way after uh, you put on some Thanksgiving weight. And that is where we've got a word from our sponsor. So by now, you've heard me talk about my weight loss working from home, being in the house, it can take its toll on you. And it took its toll on me. I was the heaviest I've ever been in my entire life a few months ago. Look at this. That's me next to the big homie powerhouse Hobbs way back at All Out just in September. And just being next to that guy for even five seconds told me it was time to make a change. And that change can be intimidating. That is where the FitBot app came in handy for me because there's just so much to think about and it can be costly and I can already tell that the thought makes you not even wanna proceed. Trust me, I spent two and a half years fearing moving forward. But with the Fitbod app, you can easily create a dynamic routine personalized to your equipment and goals. Guys, I was legitimately 222 pounds in that picture and check me out now, that was just five minutes ago. As of this morning, I was 195.4. Downloading Fitbod keeps you motivated, it keeps you going, it's available on both your smartphone and your smartwatch. And it makes planning your workouts a breeze. FitBot's algorithm changes and updates your fitness plan as you go. Just add in your equipment, pick a fitness goal, and FitBot will create a routine for you. Whether you've been missing gym time or hit a plateau, a fresh start has never been easier. The app switches up your exercises to avoid overtraining or burnout, and your program changes based on your personal progress for maximized results. A full year of FitBod is less than the cost of a single session with a personal trainer. Join FitBod right now and uh, build a routine that grows with you without slimming down your wallet. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app free at our link in the description below, or just go to fitbod.me forward slash grapsity. That's fitbod.me forward slash grapsity. And again, save 25%. Fitbod.me slash grapsity. So. Uh let us do some talking about uh some of these super chats and humper chats because we've got plenty and I want to catch up on all of these and make sure I don't miss any. Some of the super <laughs> chats have cleared but the humper chats are 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 all here and so let's take a look at a humper chat or 10. <laughs> Let's see. We got this one from Uncle Rucky. He says, uh, "Love the show and the which discussion." Uncle Rucky. Yeah,
1: I know which one. What is that? <laughs>
4: <laughs> he says, uh, "The dis- I Love the discussion last week regarding Punk and the Elite." I've always wondered since the Page promo um, if there was more to it than just the Cabana issue. Page referenced Punk's behavior. Uh, he said, "When you think no one is watching, any more to it."
2: Um. Mm. (laughs) i i I think most of it is just that he didn't appreciate that he went out there and said that and he didn't know he was going to say that and i think uh i think a part of what burned him up the further he got away from it is that um it didn't leak especially after he did his promo back and it leaked the next day and people were on his ass immediately when he did it back and he's just like wait a minute this guy did this and You guys didn't have that same energy for him.
4: You know, the weird thing, though, is that it did. um, And that uh, at least... Because what I had heard about at the time was that... I had heard about the meeting that took place between uh, Mega, the Young Bucks, Punk, and Hangman that took place after that promo before Double or Nothing. And I knew there was some heated discussion over the promo itself. The only reason that... uh, I feel like a lot of that didn't get out there was because I think some of the context was still kind of missing from a lot yeah. of that. But it did get out that there was a meeting and that punk wasn't happy with what took place there. And right. but
2: uh, I mean that was still like in small circles. It didn't it didn't hit the the news cycle that the punk did punk promo did. It the once the punk thing happened, it was on it was on Meltzer, then then Sean Sean uh, put out but, the fight for select thing all of those things happened like the next day it was like, to be instant. fair though
4: but, but that goes back to what i said about one broke the show and one didn't like one was like okay the show can keep going and nobody yeah, really but noticed do you, but do like you
2: feel like do you feel like that what he said about hangman at that night like, completely stopped the pace of dynamite i don't think it did
4: i mean him calling out hangman and nothing happening i mean of course it did like they, that was the thing they had to address on bte it was like Whoa! But I mean, that I happen.
2: said the the night of dynamite. Like, if if if, do you feel like when that happened, everybody was taken out of this out of the moment and was like, "Oh man, what does this mean?" Because I feel like it immediately went to the next thing. I feel like it immediately went to. I think it, coming out. And I think it did
4: raise a lot of questions about like because I know for the people who thought it was like storyline of like readdressing the Punk and Hangman feud, I know there were people who were like, "Well, why didn't Hangman answer that?" Right. I know there were a lot of questions of like he. They're like, Hangman's a babyface. Why wouldn't he come out when called out? Uh, that doesn't make any sense. I, I do remember like seeing a lot of that across Twitter while, while it was happening. And uh, so uh, I, I will say, continuing with the particular question, um, when he said, page reference Punk's behavior when you think no one is watching and things like that. Because uh, there was another promo that was very similar to that. And I think that's what Hangman thought he was kind of going for with this promo. Um, Because it's not so much of Hangman going into business for himself uh, as much as my belief is that Hangman saw this very similarly to another promo that was very, very similar to this one. Eddie Kingston. Mm -hmm. Eddie Kingston's promos on Punk, very, very similar about um, being a cutthroat guy behind the scenes, about a guy who... Um, claims to be one thing uh, in front of the audience, but then behind the scenes, stabs people in the back, says certain things. You know, I, I think that there was a lot of
1: he thought he that get this that shit this one's too like Eddie Kingston, much.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I I I think for a, in a lot of ways it was like with punk, it was a case of well, Eddie Kingston ain't shit. He don't run nothing in this company, right whatever um
2: but i also think it was that they very much already knew they didn't like each other i think it caught him by surprise because he was like wait he was like wait you feel that way like i didn't know that where's this coming from
3: Mm -hmm.
1: like he expected it when eddie kingston says because
2: they already (laughs) don't like each other they had their beef yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um i don't think it was a a issue with hangman before that he felt like i didn't have an issue with you so why are you why are you doing that Mm
4: -hmm. yeah Either way, um, because, yeah, it was a very similar promo. And I feel like because I've seen people bring that up of like, how come this promo caused all these issues when uh, Kingston's didn't and Kingston's was almost worse. And uh, and they very clearly have like real personal beef. And it's like, but also Kingston's and no position of power in that company. And Kingston's not tied to people with positions of power. Mm. And I think that was another thing, too, was like. Um,
1: He's not a member of the Elite, you know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) I I mean, if if, if I
2: go back to this, and again, let me say this before I say anything, the Elite did not leak anything about punk. Um, But if I go back to this, and Hangman says this stuff about me, and he's looking around like, where's this coming from? Y'all okay with this? And then it doesn't kind of leak and make this big news cycle thing. But then, like I said, when he does it, it leaks, he's looking around like, wait a minute it it feels like y'all are against me and Mm -hmm. that's not true of course but that i think that that's what started the wheels in motion for him of like what's going on here like why why is this this way and why is this that way
4: for me i feel like when i really give it some thought man is that foot injury so regrettable because I think Punk would have moved on very quickly had he not had to sit at home. Like, yes, now, like, all of a sudden, I think back to that stage dive, and I'm like, oh, why? Like, because you were here. Because, like, he didn't bring up none of this stuff at the Double or Nothing press conference. He didn't do he did. none of. He I did mean, it in
2: a very subtle way. but he Right, <laughs> but it was in a subtle way.
4: You're right. But you recognize the difference between winning the title at Double or Nothing and, you know, Maybe he had a little subtle thing, but, you know, for the most part, high spirits, I'm AEW champion, I got no complaints. Wins the title at All Out, and, you know, I'm old and I'm tired and I work with fucking children. Like, big difference between the two demeanors there. And also, but the stuff with Hangman had already happened at Double or Nothing. And, again, he's very celebratory in L.A. at the forum. Like, he was just in good spirits. But when he came back from that foot injury... Pretty much the night he came back, you could just tell there was something different in his demeanor. There's a different everything. It, even when you know that guy in the crowd chanted Colt Cabana at him and he broke his promo and insulted a fan, and it was like you can just tell things were getting to him in ways that they you, didn't and you get to him before. You could tell he
2: immediately regretted it when he said mm-hmm. that to that fan. But that's why I said I feel like the, the Colt stuff started to get to him because it mm-hmm. wasn't just like you were hearing it from certain media guys. It had gotten into a locker room. It had potentially gotten on television. I think that the Colt stuff, he was like, Look, I'm sick of this. Like, I don't want anything to do with this. Mm-hmm. I had nothing to do with that. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop mentioning this man's name to me. I don't want I don't want to talk about this.
4: Yeah. And so like I said, I just feel like had he not had the foot injury and had the title ring he was supposed to have. Um, I feel like none of this would ever happen. We'd still be talking about CM Punk right now. And, and, uh, and
2: the funny thing too, is the, the, the media stuff he was doing while he was hurt didn't sound like that either because he was at Comic-Con, he was doing interviews there. Um, he didn't seem like curmudgeoned or disgruntled then he was still doing it. I heard stories about the Comic-Con stuff, um, mm-hmm. that he wasn't happy about, but I do he didn't seem like that when he came back, it was still different.
4: Yeah. It was like, as soon as he came back, there was the switch that turned on. That was like, nah, I have got a bone to pick with, uh, some of the executive vice presidents in this company. And I am, y'all are going to hear about it.
2: I I still think one of my favorite things from that night is, um, uh, him, attempting to be diplomatic as, as close to diplomatic as he was when he's running down the company and then he's saying yeah a bunch of guys from Rashida and just how Mia will look to each other like oh <laughs> 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 um, mm-hmm.
4: yeah what uh, a crazy night what a crazy night oh, man uh Tony P says a lot of people complained about AEW not hiring women like Tegan and Kai among others but with the why the women's division has developed in AEW, I think maybe how, um, you think it was uh, the plan to just keep developing homegrown women before they push them more. Um, I mean, as far, I don't, I, I know with Tegan there was um, visa issues and like ultimately like not being able to get her into the country. Um, Dakota has talked about the fact that, you know, she's had talks with other companies and one of those companies was um, AEW. She said they were basically small talks, but the fact was, hunter called her and was like nah don't sign nothing Mm -hmm. don't go nowhere what are you doing let's go um you are back in the company and uh i think that again it, it really is a case of you know signing somebody that or signing the people that you've got some plans for um and because like now we're starting to see stuff kind of unfold with Athena. But there was a plan for Athena from the beginning. She was going to be Jade's opponent. And uh, right. I think she's still Jade's kind of best opponent. Uh, and we also saw the... Again, and like Soraya is one of those names you like ultimately cannot pass on. Like mm-hmm. If you get to have Soraya's comeback story, you have Soraya's comeback story. But we are starting to see the development of... Talents that have been there a long time, that like Jamie Hayter, she's not a day one talent, but she's pretty close to it. Like right. she was there very, very early on, unsigned, but uh, she didn't get her all elite graphic till 2021. But she had matches there in 2019. And uh and then of course they which is weird to think about, you know, that early that first year of dynamite. But Jamie Hayter was on uh the first year of dynamite. You know, she had that match with Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. Um the the Pittsburgh match was to her The opponent was Jamie Hayter. There was Jamie Hayter and Emi Sakura versus... uh, God, Who was it in that match? Um, I can't even remember now. It was Jamie... I know that's who tagged, but it was Jamie Hayter, Emi Sakura versus... Who the hell was it? Because uh, it's going to drive me nuts. Riho and Shanna. Um, I knew it was Riho. I couldn't remember Shanna, Shanna. though. But that... Shanna. <laughs> Riho and Shanna. That happened on Dynamite, though. And, like... Jamie Hader was there very early on. She, Jamie Hader, was the one that Brandy Rhodes jumped to kickstart the Nightmare (laughs) Collective. Um, And so, again, she is a day one talent. I I consider her pretty close to day one. You know, obviously, she couldn't be there during the pandemic, but as soon as they went back on the road, they signed her. Um, So she's somebody I do consider like a a day one ish talent, and I do think you're going to see a lot of those day one talents you know if they if they're getting over with the crowd they are gonna see a lot more than really it's just the organic rises that's pretty much what it comes down to is that willow nightingale is is having an organic rise the fans have attached to her they were chanting her name they never got they she never lost the fans in indianapolis this week And uh, she got a pop like when her music hit, and uh, it felt kind of good because I'm so used to hearing that music in front of smaller crowds. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when you know, this is a crowd of I think 3500 people. When that music hit, I was like, Okay, She's, like to hear it with a, with a reaction with a TV reaction still sounded another good
1: another great story too I want to pull up the tweets of everybody being like why is Willow losing on Dark why is Willow doing this why is Willow doing this it's called storytelling it's called building and now look what's yeah. happening you guys oh. have some fucking patience <laughs> that,
2: that, that reaction to Athena aged very poorly right yikes. <laughs> um, but I, I think part of the problem <laughs> that's so true <laughs> yikes um, so poorly. <laughs> yeah, but I think the other thing is um, there are so many uh, false starts they got with the women's division because of stuff like injuries. I mean, like because I mean even even if you look at last year, it seemed like they were building Layla for something, and then mm-hmm. she got hurt. Oh yeah, um, she would have been I, in the big plans too. I mean, even if you look at year one and how um, Kylie Ray was clearly somebody that they wanted to push to the moon, yep. and that just didn't work work out. And I just think they've had a lot of uh, stumbling. Um, blocks that you know their other DeRosa. divisions have not yeah you know so uh, all yeah, the time yeah i think they've just had a few false blocks false starts that hurt them um and of course that's not to make excuses but it, it has happened like i mean mm. even during the pandemic they had a lot of injuries i think people forgot how many women were injured during the pandemic and not just that how many women that couldn't travel like that was still when b Priestley was with the company and that stuff randomly happened. I mean, yeah, I just think that uh, this is the best situation they've been in with uh, a diverse and, you know, very talented locker room. And I hope that they keep it up. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, look, there was a a big conversation. And um, part of the reason that I I never wanted to get in on that conversation was because I have black wrestlers telling me don't have that conversation. But, you know, there was the big diversity conversation um, happening when it came to uh, AEW, and of course, you know, we had Sean Dean here on the show. Can't believe that was this year, but you know, when he popped in shout out to the captain and he was like, Hey, be patient. I'm working. Um, And, you know, he got AR Fox then, right? Like he got, um, he, I mean, and it's not just AR Fox, you know, he's, he got a lot of talent book. Willow.
3: Willow, Yeah.
2: Yeah, He got, he got AQA in before Mm -hmm. AQA took a break. Uh, He brought in a lot of people that I I don't think people are giving him his flowers like they should. Mm -hmm. And well, and, they just it, don't know also. also. Yeah,
4: and and, I, and the thing is the reason I wasn't willing to have that conversation was because of the fact that um I was having black wrestlers tell me it's not true. Like right. it's not it's not a thing that's not a thing that I feel is happening. And so therefore um and and I will say I was hearing it from black wrestlers in WWE right. who strictly said that um you know, when I was talking earlier this year, remember when I made the line, I made the joke, I think it was late last year when I said, look, stop treating WWE like it's Wakanda. That's not mm-hmm. the case. Um, and that that came from a wrestler in WWE who had said like, look, we had to kick and scratch and claw for this. And even still, there's a long way to go. It's not not perfect. And uh, And let the talent over there have that same triumph of... Uh, accomplishing what they're going to accomplish because they're going to accomplish it. He's like black wrestlers rise wherever they're go- where they are. And um and he's like, but don't don't try to treat it as it like again, and we just had uh we just had Graham on the show. So I'm I'm never knocking anything public enemies does. Except for posting that Vince Afro image uh last year mm-hmm. and that that to me like hunter with the kufi like any of that stuff like i um
2: hunter with the, the goofy is egregious bro yeah it's like egregious in bad, so bad. many ways it's egregious mm-hmm.
4: yeah uh the, well the main thing for me is and it's uh along those same lines like even black wrestlers succeeding in aew these days I would not put a koofy on Tony Khan. Are you kidding yep. me? Like that's yep. not yep. no, yeah, no, yeah. that's yep. not yeah, the way yep. this works, man. Mm. Like celebrate the black talent that is mm. succeeding in the way they're succeeding. Um Yeah.
2: And more to your point, celebrate the guy behind this that happens to be black, that's helping a lot of these guys get in there. That's put helping a, a lot on of these guys the captain. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> helping <laughs> a lot of these guys get booked on dark. No, give give uh give the cap his uh flowers, man. Yeah. Give the cap his
4: flowers. Yeah, I'm, don't don't put afros on Vince McMahon. Don't put kufis on Triple H. Um, and look, because I, I, there's nobody I would do that for. There is nobody on earth I I think that is uh, an acceptable way to do things. Like I I would not be like, oh, Black Panther was great. Go put a kufi on Kevin Feige. That sounds ridiculous. Yeah, like that
2: sounds <laughs> That's I mean, and look, memes are funny, but I do think that you know, of course, Twitter. We'll find a way to Burn miss the context. That's what they'll find
1: a way to do. <laughs> yeah, they'll find yeah.
2: a way to miss the context and miss the nuance. And it turns from a joke into people actually believing
4: something. It's exactly. like, yeah, no, it was a joke. A good example. The Cody Rhodes meme. How did wow. that turn it? Like, the idea behind that was supposed to be that, like, this white man is is so... Cody Rhodes that um he thinks that the, he cut this promo that he thought like ended all racial issues, right? Mm-hmm. And then somehow that turned legit, right? And it turned into like, "Nah, he he is. Uh he is that." And I'm like, "Do y'all remember Cody Rhodes used to have the his secret Twitter the all he talked about was Trump? Like that that's Cody Rhodes." <laughs>
2: <laughs> y'all hated y'all hated him over a year ago too. That's what yeah. makes it more egregious. Y'all hated I know. Yeah, him. Y'all hated yeah. him when he was doing the go go stuff, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he came there and y'all turned it into this big meme and it's all this the kink and all the rest of this stuff. Like y'all, yeah. him. Let's, let's I know. It, let's keep it on hundred. Uh, y'all hated this man.
4: And look, that look, Cody is allowed to, to to vote forever he wants to, but like again, that's a real thing that he he literally had that secret. Um, cause it, he had two, cause what it was, was he had two Twitter accounts. He had the Stardust Twitter account and then he had, uh, his like basically personal Cody account. And on that personal account, he was posting stuff like, yep, yeah, just sitting here in my of hat waiting on blah, blah, blah. And like, this was what Cody was talking about. And then he ended up getting full control of the Stardust account. And that's the one he turned into the Cody Rhodes account that he has today. But that original account like stayed up forever. And it was actually Rovert who brought it to everybody's attention. That was, uh, I think it was like in 2020, Rovert had tweeted out like, y'all remember this account, right? Um, and everybody's like, whoa, Cody was saying all of this. And like, Cody immediately took it down, deleted the account. It's gone. Gone forever in 2020. And yeah,
2: and, and that's not, look, I, I like Cody Rose a lot as a performer, but I do think there was a lot of capping going around when cody yeah. went to WWE, it was a lot of cabinet.
4: Uh, yeah I, that's why i was like you guys recognized what the joke was originally supposed to be around the agogo stuff um but somehow it actually turned into uh what it's not and well
2: i i know part of what started it and um that that uh that story going around of him actually helping some black wrestlers, particularly black, black women, is true. And mm-hmm. so I don't want to say that he doesn't do great things for people. Yeah, he does. He
4: does, he but, does. Uh, absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Cody's allowed to vote for whoever he wants, right? Mm-hmm. Like, But I need people to know that, like... Putting a coupon ain't it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's
2: a, that's it, it was never it. Mm-hmm.
4: Great uh, guy, though.
1: I love Cody Rhodes. He's amazing.
4: Yeah. no, That's the thing, is Cody is... is, is it, it, I think... In his heart, I think Cody is a genuinely good person, like straight up. And I think anybody who's worked with Cody, who's encountered Cody, great guy. Um, And uh, everybody I know who he brought into AEW all feels the same way. Mm -hmm. They're like, look, Cody put me on. Um, And Cody was always a great resource that uh, Cody had ideas. Cody was a a big help with promos. Britt Baker's talked about the fact that um, she wouldn't be the promo person she is without two people, Chris Jericho and and Cody Rhodes, and um, so like that's not none of this is a knock at Cody. Um, more of it is just this is a white man from the south. Like, come <laughs> like <this> is, <laughs> yes, like just just know who you're dealing with when we're talking about Cody Rhodes. Oh, see,
2: I think that's the thing. I don't think a lot of wrestling fans know who they're dealing with, and that right. has sparked me saying many times.
4: You don't, you don't know these people. people you don't, you don't know, know these people, people. that's don't know. it <laughs> <You> <laughs> more don't than know anything these people, else <laughs> so uh it could let's... be on
1: dusty if you're gonna put it on any roads brother all right <laughs> please don't dusty the only <laughs> one don't. Deserve one
3: <laughs> please it's don't be really out here pimping big dust
1: <laughs> daddy's of all daddy's son of a plumber <laughs>
4: <laughs> Derek says I hate the bidding war thing uh too because why would people want to see or listen to someone who keeps telling you he doesn't want to be there. Right. Mox said it in his promo during the feud, just leave. Mm-hmm. Um well,
2: that's the point. He wants you to boo him cuz he's making a point. I don't want to be here. I don't need your support. Boo me. That's why.
4: <laughs> uh he- Big Rob says, "Why doesn't Will have dreads yet?" correct. I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to um The reason I don't have dreads is because here sitting at age 35, Will Washington has some thin spots, and the thing that is going to expose that more than anything is me dreading the hair. So That's fair. <laughs> Not um,
2: you just gotta its workarounds. work around.
4: I know, I know. So the thing is, like, and where it comes from, it's not even about the, the being thirty-five. More you saw than what anything. Jimmy Butler
1: was, did get to get you some extensions. It's all good.
4: Like, so I, I, I had braids through high school and middle school and elementary school. I was off and on. I would shave my head and then grow my hair back. I, I grew out braids a few times, but uh, I noticed where the parts were in my braids. Are where my spots are the thinnest mm. and so uh and it's been that way since i was in high school um it was like the first time i the noticed the cornrows
1: would be tight buddy.
4: yes oh, they were <laughs> they I know they the
1: feeling boy. i know the feeling
4: <laughs> yes <laughs> and so uh i definitely pull a lot of my hair out at the time and so at this point i'm just in this mode of uh sport anything that's gonna hide it more than anything else
1: not me. As soon as but- I start getting the bald spots, right to the Beijing, baby. Put that on. B- uh, put me up. Lather <laughs> okay. me up with that black you shit. Get,
2: you, you get lathered up like DJ Drama does? N- DJ Drama's beard is, is wild <laughs> egregious, bro. Like, <laughs> like the Fat Joe beard. Yeah, no.
1: Put the Beijing Dread. on right now. We, we're, put it on. Actually, if I lose my hair, I'm going to get the a uh, fake wig that's just dreads. No one's ever going to know. I'm going to have dreads. Oh,
4: yeah. On. No. See, you don't even know right now. The... Uh, cap that uh, red yeah, got on This then, could be the...
1: right now you don't even know. The mystery is <laughs> going to be forever I pull, As soon as the podcast is over I pull this shit off and throw it right next to my bed <laughs> Go to bed with the Baldy I don't got time for these dreads <laughs> I'll be looking like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin When I go to bed <laughs> Hilarious
4: man. Uh, It's so good uh, so yes, that's that's the true answer, uh, Rob. Is that mm-hmm. I, uh, that's like great, I started. Great answer. I actually, right there, st- honestly. like right. I, I I was considering it actually. It, not even the dreads. I was considering uh, braiding my hair again uh, when I first started growing it back in like 2019, mm-hmm. and I had grown the the fro all over, um, and. Then I was just like kind of playing with it, and I'm like, uh, I'm gonna pull it out even more. And I'm 35. I'm at a point where it like really won't grow back. Mm-hmm. And so that was when I shaved the sides in 2020, and that was. Now I've just been sporting the the sponge look. I've been holding on It's funny. I fidget with the sponge throughout the show. Uh, people are like, "Oh, you just pull a sponge out of nowhere." I've literally been fidgeting with it this entire time, and like, that's that's what I do.
2: Yeah. Shout Always out to, uh, be black. <laughs> They're
3: always yeah. on deck, <laughs> in reaching distance.
1: It's, no, it's in reaching distance. Out, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's,
4: it's in distance, and whoever I keep made doing...
1: up the sponge, man, they was cooking. Yeah, no,
4: because
1: <laughs> they took over the black community, man. They, they
4: did. absolutely did. They changed the game. Man. I mean, I've I've always been curious. Did somebody just like grab a sponge and we're yeah, just like, what
3: happened here? Let me just, like...
4: <laughs> oh shit, it works. No, this is dope. And then you go tell your friend, like, hold on, just grab a sponge and just mm-hmm. clockwise. Yeah. Yeah. Do it clockwise. And
2: yeah, I, I assume do. it started with people doing the what is called the towel rep method. Somebody do, oh, some true. people do their dreads that way. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. where the ride
4: came from. You're right. Yeah. No, because I know my brother had dreads, like, um, by 2010, when he finally cut them off, they were down to the middle of his back. Mm. And uh, I remember that started out of boredom where he was we were watching raw one day it was 2003 we're watching raw i remember goldberg was on raw and was the world heavyweight champion we're sitting around and he was waiting on a friend to pick him up and he had had like the little you know a little puff like ice cube had back in 2003 and uh remember he just started playing with and twisting and by the time his friend finally showed up he had twisted his whole head and he was like i think we just keep it this way and see what happens but that was in 2003. By 2010, like I said, his shit was all the way down, in the middle of his back. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh,
1: How long have you been growing yours, Phil? Uh, my last haircut uh, was uh, 18, so mine's have been since 18.
2: Uh, so I've had dreads going on five years cause 2018. Mm. I, sorry, I got them twisted. Uh, uh, I've been growing my hair on and off since, I don't know, about six, seven years. I went through a, mm-hmm. a phase um, when I was still working in corporate and it was just like, uh, I went through the office space mode where I was just basically doing anything to piss people off and mm-hmm. go oh, fire me. You're oh, not yeah, bro, yeah you're, that's not, right. you're, not, you're not gonna mm-hmm. fire me. And so one day I came into work and I was not cutting my hair. This was partially because I was going through a funk and somebody at work was like, and this person happened to be white was like, Man, why are you not cutting your hair? Like, I feel like your hair looks better when it's clean-cut. And I was like, I got something for you. mm -hmm, You should have never
1: said nothing, buddy. I'm saying that's
2: the perfect origin villain story right there.
4: I mean, like, like, honestly. Yeah, right. Because, like, mine, like, when I stopped sporting the waves, it was really just, I think I have told this story, but WrestleMania 35 weekend, um, I lost my favorite do-rag in New York. Oh, that's right. And so I was like, do I want to like try to replace this, or am I just done with the waves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like that, it was
2: COVID for a lot of people too, though. Right, a lot mm-hmm. of people weren't getting those ha- getting haircuts in COVID, and exactly that was just it. Like, we at point rappers where
1: rappers have dreads now, and it's like it's because y'all. Fam, we're at the point the where Nas shop. has dreads. Like, that's, that's what weird. I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, Conway, Westside, and like all the Griselda members have hair and shit. It's like no niggas just don't want to go to the the barbershop. That's all that is. Like, they got they EP got sword. comfortable
2: during COVID, man. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Nah, I got to keep my barber in business. He owns his own, <laughs> he owns his own spot. So that's why
1: I started growing up because I didn't want to go to the barber shop anymore. Honestly, I just, yeah. just
4: I've been going to, to to the same one guy for over a decade, and he owns his shop. And like I if got you a...
1: leave. It's so hard to find. Like I was living in San Jose, I
2: can't find a good barber. Like, yeah, San once Jose. you once you lose a good barber, man, it's it's traumatic, man. Right, traumatic experience. Oh yeah, man.
4: no, that was the hardest thing for me was. Uh, so I had a barber I liked and when I lived in Colorado the first time. And then I moved to Michigan, and I found – I ended up having to drive to Flint. And I lived, Shit. like, 30 minutes away from Flint when I finally found a barber I liked. I've told that the story on the show of the day I let a white person in Michigan cut my hair, and it mm-hmm. fucked me up. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway – Absolutely
1: do not go to Supercuts to get a haircut. That's Nobody. Please Don't do not. Don't
4: you do it. Look yeah. <laughs> Would never do it again. Don't you never. Do it. Never. Don't but anyway, so I found a barber I liked. Um it, it was in the sketchiest part of Flint imaginable, which like mm-hmm. think about Flint and think about even having to be sketchy in Flint. Like they had to buzz like you get there, they had to buzz you in. You can't just walk in. Mm-hmm. Uh they had metal doors, like everything was
1: <laughs> they've been ambushed before. But, yeah. but you know what? Yeah.
4: Dope haircut. Uh, and oh, then when yeah, I move of back. course, it's just like yeah. a
1: food spot. If it's like the shadier, it's like it's about to be bomb in here. Like if my life yeah, is on the uh, line while I'm getting it, it's about to be lit.
4: That's uh
2: that's uh Harrow's is a is a Chicago staple mm-hmm. for ch- for chicken. Uh, if it's too clean, at Harold's I don't want it. <laughs> it ain't good. I'm sorry. If 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 the glass is not bulletproof and it's not if it's not a, if it's not dirty in there, I want it. It's not good heroes, bro. It's yeah. that that's no. Nah, it's it's that's the be bad dangerous. heroes. Uh, yeah, like yeah, those you. those heroes in the suburbs, no, nah, I'm good. No, <laughs> <laughs> nah, give me give me give me a heroes on the west side or and south side. No. Nah, it's nah. like Waffle
1: House, huh? The crazier it's in there, the bomber the food's gonna be. Gotcha. The funny
4: thing is when i went, when I moved back to Colorado though, I went back to my old barber shop and I was like, Okay um, my barber's name was Will, too. So I was like, all right, where's Will at? And they're like, oh, he moved to Vegas. And I was like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Like, he's gone. <laughs> and so I, I spent a little bit of time on the hunt for a new barber till I found Jelani, who's been cutting me for the last 10 years. And, nah, I will never abandon been Jelani. Jelani's even mo- When he opened his own shop, because I was going to him at his shop, or at the shop he was just working at, and he texted me. And I was, went, am I driving out of my way to go to his shop? He texted me, WrestleMania weekend, WrestleMania uh everything's got tied back to wrestling right Mm -hmm. uh he sent me a text i was on my way to wrestlemania 33 in orlando and he sent me a text that said uh he was like yeah i'm leaving his and hers i'm opening my own shop it's over at this location um i would appreciate it if you know you came with uh but if not i fully understand and i was like poaching poaching clients and i thought yeah i am gonna come with I'm like, you know what? I I don't need to stay with that shop. He's like, um, all this
1: I've done for you. I know that if you <laughs> He's like, that no, like a... it was just haircut. <laughs>
4: that is that is also a classic
2: episode of Atlanta. Oh, one of the best. <laughs> <Yes>. One <laughs> of the best episodes of Atlanta. I love that that
1: because I've met, I've known that guy before. Like everything uh, he was doing, i like, know I've somebody seen like this. this. This is crazy. How did this happen? <laughs> love it.
4: Uh, let's see. D'Lo says. Hey, just playing catch up here. Phil, I want your opinion on the uh, fan trade proposal oh, they have with trading <laughs> Russ for uh, DeRozan and Uh, Vucevic. uh I say uh, shit is dumb. Also, I feel we need a Rikishi call with the bloodline story.
2: Um, yeah, that trade is horrible. Um, if, if, if the Bulls make that trade, I will, I will formally Awful. walk all the way up to United Center and protest every day. It is a horrible, <laughs> horrible trade. Um, and no, you guys cannot have DeRozan. You guys made a point of not wanting DeRozan. You wanted Russ, so no, keep Russ. Russ is playing good <laughs> now. Don't try and throw Russ off on us now because, you know, you're not getting what you want. No,
1: no, stop it. What The Bulls do not benefit from this. <laughs> no, this is a horrible trade for us. Like, no, uh, no. And yeah, Rikishi needs to get something eventually. He has to be a part of this before it all goes to where it I, is.
2: For sure. I a great fantasy booking idea. If we are doing a rock thing and you're not doing a Royal Rumble thing, um, I think it would be great if in the middle of them just beating down Sammy, um, all of a sudden uh, Solo turns around and starts stopping them and starts fighting back and Uh, rikishi comes out and and he's like i don't i don't listen to roman i listen to the ancestors rikishi comes down and he's like yeah he's standing with me and he's like why would you do this and he goes i did it for the rock (laughs) (laughs) yes i'm all the way in i'm all
3: the way in I did it for the rock and the rock's
4: music kit. I'm all in. I'm booking. Book it. Book it. I'm in. <laughs> I did it for the rock. That is such a great payoff. For, yes. Like, honestly, if we can bring that line back in this feud, mm-hmm. I'm all in. Yes. I, especially considering that line is iconic, right? Yes. Like, that big reveal of Rikishi 2000, I did it for. The Rock. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't think people realize. And a big piece of it is because at the time we were doing two shows a week. We had Raw and we had SmackDown and they were both canonically tied to each other. So basically, you know, you got what feels today like a month worth of shows in two weeks. Right. But like, man, they abandoned ship on that Rikishi shit so fast. So fast. <laughs> it was like <laughs> two weeks later. Uh, they were like, actually, Rikishi was working for somebody. Mm-hmm. And then when they revealed it was Hunter, and like, logically, it was so Rikishi. Like, right. uh, but Austin was so like, all right, I've moved on to Hunter. I don't give a fuck about Rikishi no more. Mm-hmm. He moved on so fast to basically feuding with Hunter. And the Hunter stuff made very little sense in the sense that... uh one he was like obvious that would have been the most obvious result they already right. interrogated hunter they already went through dx they already like
1: they said it was a blonde guy driving like all the everything
3: pointed to <laughs> everything yo, they pointed had one man dye wood. his hair just to make it work <laughs>
4: like they they, <laughs> they had moved on so much from like cuz hunter was like in the process of turning face when they realized the rikishi shit wasn't working mm-hmm. and so there that was but it turned hunter into the hunter we know today right because at the time hunter's character wasn't necessarily known as a pathological liar mm-hmm. but like in the story they had already interrogated hunter they had already gone through all of that we had already determined it wasn't hunter mm-hmm. and so when the rikishi stuff like kind of wasn't clicking and they're like well let's just make a triple h and They're like well it helps because hey but they're like, how do we explain that we already went through that with him? Easy. He's just a pathological liar. He just
1: kept lying. He started lying. He joined uh, uh, Austin and started lying. He was just like, his whole thing was lying.
4: Yeah, I his whole thing was lying. lying. But that that's where it started was the Rikishi angle not clicking and them having to backtrack to a guy that we already determined didn't do it. And so, like, no, nah, Hunter's just a pathological liar. That's mm-hmm. how this all worked out. And, but there was no like long term planning with that back right. when they initially had Austin interrogate Hunter. Hunter was supposed to be turning babyface, mm-hmm. they were already prepared for all of that. Um, The DX stuff was supposed to be longer term. That ended up. Good thing
1: it didn't work out. The Hill thing was way better. Like
3: we
4: don't. Yeah. Oh yeah. Him. It was. Yeah. It was. It was way better. You know. Mm -hmm. Triple H tagging with Road Dog and Road Dog talking about it's me, it's me, mobbing once again with that G to the A to the M to the E. I'm like, ah, this is lame. Like I don't need Road Dog and Triple H tagging. Mm -hmm. Uh, They even did the uh, what's it called Road Dog's like with the shake, rattle, roll punches, and they had Hunter doing it. In hindsight. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Absolutely not. In hindsight, no. Uh, could you imagine Dad, if like world. that's just the path Hunter ended up going oh, down God. that year? Um. So. uh Either way, uh, a couple more. Let's see. Shot get twenty nine. Also sent a. uh Let's see. Where were we? So we sent the, he sent the first one.
2: Damn, I kind of oh, like yeah, the Rikishi, Rikishi thing to happen. Though. The Rikishi yeah. thing is a bad <laughs> idea. I love that.
4: We got two from ShotKid. He says, after seeing Shane Taylor, anyone else think he was the one holding the camera for Swerve when he broke Billy Gunn's fingers? I can see Swerve teaming with the ghosts of Keith's past to go after him. That would actually be kind of a dope.
2: Very interesting. Yeah, that, I didn't think that about would be, that that would be kind of dope. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's the plan but yeah, I don't know if that's cool. the plan
1: but the ghost of Keith's past is pretty that's pretty good.
4: Yeah, yeah. that would be that would be a cool story actually. Mm-hmm. Um and then he also says with WWE crowds, I think it just reflects 20 years of conditioning. Vince effectively told his viewers the in-ring doesn't matter and neither do 75% of the stories. Right. Um right, yeah. but then like I said, Vince was he then spent the last year basically just uh <laughs> telling the crowds like actually i'll i'll determine the reactions They're for still you
1: doing that right because the smackdown audio was awful awful last night like you could something is going it doesn't it sound like
4: i think hunter is more willing to see how what a crowd's doing first and then right. it's like then okay it. yeah uh which like i said i've never seen it but it's been described to me as a bit of like an npc kind of situation where you literally just <laughs> got back like there on the beats like, yeah well yeah but like all the sa- all the sounds that are in it is like pop and right. uh and then like boo, boo. <laughs> um no my favorite one and it's really uh, obvious that it's happening is they've got one two and three from a crowd so you could do it one two oh, yeah <laughs> it's, strong, it's like man. one two it's three like a and, game yeah you got one two three one two oh and this is awesome (laughs) you
1: (laughs) deserve it like oh my god they're manufacturing everything
4: no but like literally but that's the thing is um when you have that you have to have somebody dedicated to that whose entire full-time job is to sit there and just which is what vince had to just have somebody whose job is to sit there with their hands on the at the right spot you got to hit cheer boo all of that shit one two three um, and, uh, maybe, I wonder if they think get...
1: that person knows, or they're giving them directions. They're like, all right, say cheer now or do this. Or like, he's probably has the instincts. I, th-
4: the I think you that. probably have to have just the instinct for it right. at that point. Cause you're doing it live, uh, on the go. And that's like an expensive process. Cause I saw somebody try to, uh, say, well, you know, maybe yeah. AEW is doing that. That's why their crowds are so live. Like, no, that's an expensive thing to have. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not just a, uh, a thing that every wrestling company can do. You have to right. be a multi-billion-dollar corporation mm-hmm. that has yeah. the ability to keep somebody on staff who can oh, do that man. for you.
2: Right. Speaking of speaking of like the punk stuff and take me back, man. That video they released when they had the the guy in the booth like queuing up the the cameras on uh mm-hmm. th- that was so great.
4: Oh, the Tim Walbert. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was uh, great stuff. He's actually the full-time director for AEW now. Um, he used to be the director of SmackDown back in the day. He was with WWE from like the 90s, and uh, Tim Walbert uh, became the... um, He was working under... Keith Mitchell um, before Keith Mitchell retired last year. Oh. And now Tim Walbert is the, and you can tell Tim Walbert, he knows the Kevin Dunn tricks of the trade, like AEW just recently started doing title match graphics that when a title match is coming up, they now have the graphic appear, they always have the referee raise the belt, then you cut to a wide shot and the title belt graphic appears on screen That yeah. is a Kevin Dunn master trick. Mm-hmm. He, he came up with that years ago. Right. But. All of a sudden, AEW does the exact same thing in the exact same fashion. But that's because Tim Walbert, he was Kevin Dunn's understudy for many years. But he directed, you know, he was at WrestleMania 9, I think he was. Um, So, Tim Walbert was, he's been in wrestling a long time. So, it's not like AEW, when they lost Keith Mitchell, who was WCW's director, went with somebody inexperienced. He's, uh, along those same lines, he's definitely just as experienced um and yeah that video that you saw who was directing the punk stuff that was tim walbert he's very very good he's long time pro this one is funny van twin Blade says so i'm white y'all know this but after great clips fucked up my undercut i only trust salons with my hair uh, they took a chunk out of my side and it took six six months to grow back uh, my babysitter from when i was a kid is the only person i trust Look, when it comes to any haircuts, just get somebody you trust. Like, right. I, I do not recommend anybody just go with uh, somebody off the street.
2: Yeah.
1: Anything that says clips in the name, don't. That's it. That's the deal yeah. with um, Great clips, sports clips.
4: Jason Major said, production in AEW got WWF and TNA. Nice. Yeah, well, uh, they do have TNA yeah. as well because um, uh, what's his name? Um God, the guy who did all the music in in TNA. um, Uh Dale uh Dale Oliver. Dale Oliver. Yeah. Yeah, Dale Oliver. Uh he does the music in AEW now. Um, not the produces the music, but he is in the truck. He does the Oh he like um, cues the music. Yeah, he cues the music and stuff. Dale Oliver's been in AEW. He's been there for a while. Um Mm -hmm. since like this past uh I know he was there as far back as I don't know, um May or something because I had to send when I sent the uh the updated version of Swerve's theme music, that's who I had to send it to. <laughs> so uh I definitely know that Dale Oliver's been in uh AEW for a while. Um so that's that's one that maybe and, and the thing is um Dale Oliver's son used to do that, all that stuff in AEW. He was actually the first one doing it, and then they got Dale on board and so really where and, all
1: the, the TNA guys are in WWE, they got Jeremy Borash, Abyss,
4: Eric Young. Yeah, and now they and, got Eric Young back. Like Um
1: Yeah, they got I mean really I intensive locker room of them.
4: I'll say this as we wrap this show. This is an exciting journey we're about to be on for twenty twenty three. Because I think honest to goodness, I believe that the we're about to see kind of the next generation of um wrestling heads across the board. I know that obviously Hunter took over and he kept Kevin Dunn and he kept Bruce Prichard. I, uh, something tells me in 2023, like if I were to make a prediction, they don't stay. Yeah, I think I that, think so. you know, as he's getting a lot of his guys in that Jeremy Borash has a bigger position. Now, Abyss has a bigger role. Gabe. Um, Regal's yeah. Coming back. yeah. Regal's coming back. I think the more Hunter's regime becomes the regime, I think we're going to see less of Vince's guys.
1: Thankfully yeah, for, for us, because right. we we can be done with Kevin Dunn forever. Done with Dunn. Dunn.
4: Yeah,
2: you don't want Kevin Dunn on the beats anymore. Mm-mm. No, off the MPC, <laughs> bro. Step, up, step back. <laughs> step
3: back. All
4: right, guys, that's been this edition of this Saturday's Grapsody. Uh, come back to us next week. We'll be here right before Ring of Honor goes hey, on.
1: Come but- back. <laughs> 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 Shout out to Debo and Ice Cube.
4: Yes uh wait Deontay says on 20 hours of overtime just wanted to show love uh always good to hear Grapsity fam Santa what I want for Christmas is uh MJF food to fall on the ground um yeah I know Deontay is not into MJF thank you uh to everybody who tuned in this week we'll be back next week right before uh final battle and yeah, we got an interview coming up this week. Also, we talked about Danny Limelight. So, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, give it. Don't forget interview
4: coming up. Yeah, we got a few interviews coming up.
3: Really
4: People cool. mentioned on this show. Mm-hmm.
1: Going to be on, so man. cool. Who's
4: Boy. it going to be?
2: I don't know, a full man.
1: circle moment we're experiencing here.
2: Oh nah, man, working, man, mm-hmm. working. Yes, Boys and diligently working behind the scenes to make this podcast better and continue to go upward after a great year.
4: Yeah. So check that out. And then don't forget, if you are a Fightful Select subscriber, um, pay attention and get those votes in. Because uh, I am ready to present these Fightful year-end awards. And uh, I'm curious who you guys all vote for wrestler and uh, match of the year. And there's a lot of good categories in here. So check that out. No negatives. I'm done doing negative awards, by the way. I ain't giving out worse anymore. I'm done with that. giving out Razzies. Nah, I did all that for 17 years, and um, I never feel good doing it, so I'm done with that. If anybody's hoping for that out of me this year, it's not happening. Other than that, folks, we'll see you next time. Have a great day. Peace.